This is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So come on and let's go and enjoy another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! All right now, you wanted the best, you got the best. The hottest podcast in the world. That is Ian Wadley, and I don't even have to introduce myself. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast once again, and uh, this week I'm very excited because uh, we got my boss, the, my killer boss that never pays me, uh, Scott Green. We got him on the show, the owner of that metal station, and we are going to talk about Sad Wings of Destiny, but before we get to that, we got news, and we got iTunes reviews, and we got... Thoughts on Phil and Selmo, which, hey, what what bad timing, right? Last week, oh, it's like we put up this, we put up this Pantera episode last week, way before the Phil and Selmo thing, and so we don't talk about the whole white power thing, not even once through the whole episode, because we recorded that episode before this incident happened, and we are, and we announced we were airing it on Sunday, and then like before the shit goes up, the all hell breaks loose. We got a lot to talk about with, the, with the, the Phil and Selma thing. This, this happens every time. I, I know old listeners know, but we have so many new listeners. We record a lot of these reviews, sometimes months in advance. And then we'll do the news on the Wednesday before it airs to try to keep it current. But everything happens on fucking Thursday, and that's yeah. what happened to us. Everybody no, dies no, on no, but, but But Ian, the Pantera episode didn't have news. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we, but, but still, that didn't happen until after yeah. we would have recorded the news. So. Exactly. So, But this is the first time we're doing news since the Phil thing broke out. So we are like, you know, uh, we, we, it's not like we did news before and then it happened after the news. We didn't right. do news last week. Practical. All right, so let's go into uh, the iTunes review. Well, well, hold on. Before we do that, I just got to say a thank you to all you hardcore motherfuckers out there uh, for making January 2016. Even though it was a sad month with deaths and all this shit, it was our biggest month ever with almost 43,000 downloads. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, a year ago, we weren't even quite at 2,000 uh, downloads a month. And now we're at 43,000. Yeah, what the fuck? You know, you know how that sounds. Like, oh, a year ago, we weren't even up to two thousand. Two thousand—that's a fucking shit. Or, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, twenty thousand. No, still. But what I'm saying is, we've opened twenty thousand. Yeah. We had wait, wait. A year ago, we had twenty thousand downloads. Yeah, well, it was like nineteen thousand five hundred. Oh, oh, that's different. Oh, I thought it was right. twenty thousand. Nineteen thousand—that's right. nothing. Right. But dude, we we we've almost doubled in a year, and I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the twenty thousand people last year. Thank you. No, oh, I'm gonna get to them later. But uh, no, thank, we've almost we've over doubled in size for who's listening. And that's, that's what that's what she true. said. <laughs> for a podcast like ours that is so fucking explicit and real and. And we've already got kicked off of one station. The true sign you're doing something right. And with the, with all this teacher, remember that shit? Right. Uh, no, you just, you uh, don't remember, do you? With what? With what shit? 
Yep. Okay. Go keep, uh, keep in score. Uh, it's Ralph 10, Ian 3. Yeah, yeah, but a hard. The whistling, <laughs> the whistling, the whistling challenge. All right. Okay, go ahead, man. Come on, we got a lot to talk about. All right, all right. But I want to thank you all because that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, well. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'm, I, kidding, I, I'm just fucking. I'm just busting balls here. I care about you more than Ralph. All right, so let's go into some iTunes reviews. And I want to mention that we also got a couple of uh, five-star reviews that didn't leave, uh, you know, a review. But still, we got some more five-star ratings. Which oh, is oh, which, by the way, we got a couple five-star ratings from people at the Almost Human page. If you don't mind, go to when I announced that we were doing the Drift to Kill thing. A couple people left comments going, I just left you five stars. Okay, well, well, let's see if one of these three is them. Well, I don't know if they left a comment, but they said they left me uh, five stars. One guy, right. one guy said, if I can figure it out, I'd give you five stars. He couldn't figure it out. All right, well, I, I can only read the ones that were brave enough to actually leave a review. Well, I want, I want to thank those people at Almost Human 56 for the, the five stars, and I also want to do a special thank you. To the twenty thousand people last year. Yes, and 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 I want to give a shout out to the forty-three thousand. This January. Yeah, those are Johnny Come Lately. Oh yeah, I, I I know. It's like we just put out the black album. I'm the daddy. Oh yeah, I'm 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 yeah, exactly. I'm I'm more for the people that rooted for Ride the Lightning. These people are all black album people. Watch, they're gonna yell. They're gonna yell soon for us to play Inner Sandman. Watch. All right. Well, I want to thank these people right now. And the first one is Raging Cajun Rockers. Okay, I like that guy. That that name right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna add him to the twenty thousand last year. I like that fucking name. That guy rules. All right. You said this was supposed to be quick. <laughs> anyway, he gives us a five star rating that's entitled Podcast of the Year, and he says. Been listening to you podcast for almost a year and never find a dull moment. You opened my eyes to new metal bands and new genres. You have my full support. Love from the state that founded Pantera. So I'm gonna take it. He's from Texas. Yeah. And and, and not New Orleans because most of those members were for, were from Texas. But uh, Rage and Cajun Rocker, thank you for that five star review. Rage and Cajun Rocker iTunes name of the year. All right. And our next review is another five-star review from Greg Y. Greg Y? I love yeah. that fucking name. Greg Y. Get it? I don't, but I love it. Go ahead. Why? Because he loves us. M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> it's a five-star review entitled Best Metal Show. Ralph and Wadzilla put out, in my opinion, the best show featuring news and killer album reviews. Reminds me of growing up in Philly, sitting on my buddy's porch, listening to the Rockers on WYSP and debating all the new and old metal and hard rock. Love the show. You guys fucking rock. F. Sammy. Thrash or die rules and most importantly, go Raiders! Fuck all yeah! Right. See, the, right. the, you know what my two favorite things about that he said, he said your name first. Exactly. And he, said, and he put Thrasher Die before the Raiders. There you go. Fuck yeah. Greg, why? Why? Because I love you, man. All right. And our last five-star review this week, and I love this one just as much. It's a five-star review by The Hat. 
and it's entitled Obsessed. I love I, that name, the heck. That's awesome. Yes. And it's titled Obsessed. He says, I've listened to one episode and now I am hooked. Hilarious and addicting. I will work my way through the whole catalog. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, oh come on, heck. Uh, just go to Iron Maiden, No Prayer Up, and go back to uh, uh, Into the Outdoor, and what's the other one that was that you liked? Uh, yeah, the Elder's a good one, too. The Elder. The Elder, uh, Into the Outdoor, and Iron Maiden, No Prayer. All those other ones, I warn you, they suck more than a vacuum cleaner convention. Well, I will say, even though Queen sucks, listen to the Queen episode. Oh, that was good, to, too, yeah. Just to hear Rouse crazy little thing called uh what is no, that? crazy little thing called smut and yes. what my opinion on don't try suicide was really good on that episode yeah yeah that was good that too. might be by the way just to let people know i've been working very hard uh compiling the best of the brock and metal combat podcast and i'm happy to say i'm 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 i'm, I'm almost done i'm I, almost I, caught up and that's awesome but here's something i would like to send out to the fans is please, uh, you know, Ralph's done a lot of work, but you can help too. If there's something you really think made the cut that is like your favorite fucking line, send it to Ralph in MP3 in case it didn't make it. Because we, I mean, I know Ralph's got great taste on what's our greatest hits, but we also want to hear what you think are the greatest hits. So if there's something you totally believe in, you think is the best line, the best gag, whatever, send it to Ralph so it can become part of our 100th episode. And you've got probably about a month and a half to do it, so get off the fucking ass. Stop downloading porn for a minute. What kind of fucking dude? Don't listen to Ian. Continue downloading porn. Don't fucking, why would you tell, why would you say something so vile to people here? Well, I mean, if you're on America Online and, and you got a slow connection, you can't. Oh yeah, the 56k. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. At. All that's right, what... is that up? Is that it with the? the yeah, the A. I tell you, is that it? Those were three amazing. Hell yeah. uh, Five star reviews. You got you got the hat. You got yeah. fucking Greg White, and you got the rocking. What is it? Great, Your favorite. You forgot it already. Well, I'm 50. I'm gonna be 51 next week, so you know, come on. The Raging Cajun, what? Rock, rocker. The Raging Cajun Rocker. I don't know, dude. The Raging Cajun Rocker, I'm like, that's the best name ever. And then Greg Y, I'm like, well, fuck, that's, that's pretty good. And then the hat, it's like, dude, we got a triple shot of pure awesomeness. All right. And here I have another shot of awesomeness I'm so excited to announce is uh, finally the Amazon link is up and running. All right. That's great I, I, news. I found out what it was. I was scared because some states were uh, making it illegal because of like a sales tax issue. And I finally got off my ass and called them. I'm like, what's the problem? The whole problem was apparently they sent me an email I didn't get to where I just had to answer if we have explicit material or not, if it was safe for kids. And I didn't answer. So all I had to say is, no, we're not safe for kids. You know, there's no child safety lock on this bottle. There's no cotton in there. We're dangerous. We were raised by whores. Yes. And, and now we are back. The Amazon link, I will tell you this. If you are a, an older fan and you bookmarked our old uh, Amazon link, please erase that. Go on the Podbean page. The new one, it's the flashy logo. 
I also found our old Amazon link was illegal because I used a different picture. I found that out too. They own it. But anyway, go on our Podbean page, use the new Amazon link, bookmark that. You can buy anything you want. Anything you want. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And it gives me a little kickback so I can buy some beer. And I appreciate it. I please, I, I want to stress that I please want everybody to get on that Amazon link and buy everything, please, so you can get beer. And please forgive us for taking down the illegal picture. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I'm uh, offended by that. But, hey, man, let's, you know, you know let's, let's get a little PC here for a second. Like we will when we talk about Phil and Selmo. Go ahead. All right, but, but before that, you want to go into the news. You want yes. to discuss that last What's so, going uh, on with the news? Oh, the news. Oh, my God. Since uh, we're going to save the hot topic, if you will, for last, uh, our, first, our first news story is... If you're a shopper on not Amazon, but Overstock.com, you can now get your very own line of Brett Michaels luggage. Why the fuck are we talking about this guy? Seriously. I, it's not story, rock or metal. The story was so absurd, I just had to mention We're not the suck and suck, uh, sucky podcast. Yeah, but what I'm saying is Stephen Kirsch travels a lot, and he loves poison, so uh, now you can get your very own... Brett Michaels luggage. If he loves poison so much, he should drink it. Ouch! Thank you. Ouch! No, I love Stephen Kirk. (laughs) No, man, Stephen Kirk is cool. That's the guy I hung out with at the Van Halen show. Yeah, no, I love that guy. I love him. Yeah, no, no, he's great, man. Hey, man, I, I, I know people that like, you know, like. Well, no, I don't like anybody. I don't know anybody that likes shit that sucks. Well, finally, I do. The great Stephen Kirk likes poison. All right, buddy. And he loves Bon Jovi. Oh, my God. I, I'm no longer his friend now. Okay, bye. All right. Uh, for those of you who have never seen Black Sabbath and feel compelled to check them out again, uh, there's bad news. They canceled their Vancouver show and their Edmonton show, and I've seen some different stuff online that I've heard right now the tour is currently postponed, period until Ozzy's sinus issues are addressed. Uh, Have you heard this, Ralph? Yeah, I did. And when uh, Ozzy gets better and the show does return to the road, there's still more bad news. Bill Ward won't be there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So those of you... uh, 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 My best friend just went and saw him in Chicago, and I haven't talked to him since to to get a review on the show. Uh, You know, I've seen some video clips and, you know... Ozzy sounded horrible, but a lot of times you got to put this shit in perspective. This is some asshole on his iPhone recording this shit, so I don't expect everything to sound great or studio quality. Uh, you know, and I don't need Ozzy to sound perfect, but uh, I, I, it one half of me wishes the tour is back on, and the other half is like, just die already because it's no words. And I also want to say the reason that you haven't heard from your friend since. Because it's very difficult speaking when your mom is giving him head because it's just so toothy. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, uh, let's talk on a legend. You know, when your mom gives me head, I call her Fargo because of the wood chipper. (laughs) You like that one, huh? Just came up with that right now. Zinger. Zingy. I like that. Uh, 
when your mom gives me a head, I call her Gumby because uh, <laughs> yeah. she well, pops well, out those teeth. Exactly. It's much better. Unfortunately, I never know because, because you know, getting head from your mom is wrong. Yeah. Not yeah, your I mean, mom. I mean, my mom. I mean, your mom might bite, but it's like, you know, getting punched by a girl. You don't feel it. Gumby. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's get into, uh, you know, a, a wonderful rocker we uh, expressed our love for last week that passed away, Jimmy Bain. It's now come out that uh, he died of cancer. Yeah, lung yeah. cancer. Yeah, and uh, it's it's unclear if he actually even knew he had it because he probably had piss poor health insurance. Uh, who knows if he got checked up regularly, but that's what killed him. It wasn't like an OD it wasn't this shit. Unfortunately, the great Jimmy Bain passed away from lung cancer. On the boat. And, and I saw his very last show. I was under yep. the impression. Yeah, I was under the impression they played a show on the boat, but I understood. I, I heard the whole story. I don't know if you heard the whole story. It's so sad. He died in his cabin, and then when they got to wherever they landed, you know, for the vacation spot, they took him off the boat there. Yes. And, you know, it was like right, you know, and... Uh, then they did perform without him. They got a bass player, I forgot who. They Eric Brittenham. Okay, Cinderella. there you go. And they did a set or whatever they did, you know, but wow, man. And, you know, and I got to see the last time, you know, and what, looking at him, I was like, boy, he doesn't look good at all. Yeah. But in my opinion, I was looking at him as, boy, he didn't age good at all. Right. But, and uh, I don't know if you heard Eddie Chunk's last podcast, but he said the same thing. He was at the show you were at. And said how poor that Jimmy Bain looked during that performance, and he looked very ill. He played well, though. I gotta say. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. Well, next story. Uh, Vince Neil's not resting on his fat ass since Motley Crue disbanded. I like Vince Neil, man. I, I love Vince Neil. He's gonna be, and even though I hate the new guy he's working for, uh, Donald Trump, he is gonna be. <laughs> a he is. He's going to be on the next season of uh, Celebrity Apprentice. That show's still on? Man, yes. when does Donald Trump have time for that? Uh, well, it's NBC. You know, they'll, they'll put on anything right I now. I love Vince because Vince just skates through life and he doesn't give a fuck who he works with. And Remember uh, the Dust Brothers that made made a couple rap songs with his album? He didn't give a fuck. He's just point me, at, point me to the microphone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, expect Vince to be kicked off in the first couple of weeks, but, uh, hey, Vince, way to collect a paycheck. There yeah, you yeah, dude, I, you know, I saw that final Motley Crue show, and it was actually good, where I felt like Motley Crue sucked a lot, but it did dawn on me, even the times I saw Motley Crue suck, Vince was into it. But right, they, and they sucked, because the, other, the others weren't. And, you know, I mean, I give Mick Mars a pass, because he's very, he's got a lot of ailments, but, you know, the other two, what's their excuse? Exactly, and uh, and also he's working on a new solo album, so I hope yeah, it's good. That's uh, and so far I've liked Vince all all three of his albums, even the cover album I liked a lot. So I'm looking yeah. forward. I'm looking. He should reunite with the Exposed. Get Steve Stevens back. Yeah, that'd be nice. That because that's a great fucking album. Right. Hey, everybody rags on Vince because it got fuck back his own but, but but fuck everybody. That's what I think. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Me and I just say that because I got fat my old age. But uh, Vince hey. Neil has raised millions and millions of dollars for children with cancer. So fuck you. That's all I got to say. Right. You know, but uh, okay. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Uh, 
so here's something I'm excited about, and uh, I gave a little hint at it in uh, my intro this week, is that Van Halen, while they should be playing the halftime at the Super Bowl, they will be featured in a commercial for uh, in the Super Bowl this year for an Acura commercial. I saw it. Oh, my God. Was that awesome or what? Yeah, they used some of the vocal tracks of Running With The Devil, and then they added the music later. Yeah, I, I love that, because they just do this soundboard where it's like, ah, woo-woo! Yeah. And all, all, all the fucking grunts, and then it ends with what he said. And I fucking, <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that. You're never going to get, like, just the basic vocal track of right now, you fucking Van Hagar fans. Jesus Christ. Uh Fuck you, people who love Van Hagar. Seriously, fuck you in the ass with a cancerous cock. Ugh, I don't. Have- I. You know. I. I do. Look. The reason Ian is so vile against your Van Hagar fans because he's got a girlfriend. He doesn't care. Me? I want to fuck your moms because if they raised you to love Van, and then you you love Van Hagar by the way your mom raised you, I guarantee. Your mom gives amazing head, so I'm not saying nothing about these people. If their mother raised them to to uh, love Van Hagar, I bet the guys give good fucking head. All I know is that mom, I guarantee, me and the rest of the guys in Trash or Die can fucking pig roaster, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give your mother a fucking stand in Hampton on the glass bottom boat. You fucking half a fag. One, <laughs> one, two, three, in your hole. Lock box. Ugh. Ain't nothing locked about that Lucy, Lucy, Lucy Pussy. Oh, God. Oh, All right, what I... else, man? What else? Uh, why do we have to talk about Van Hager? Come on, let's go. Well, no, I don't know. Just, just, you know, before I close out, Van Hager fans, kill yourself. Uh, please. Yeah, uh, oh, that, see, that I don't oppose because then when at your funeral, I'll go and, you know, I'll go up to your mom while she's crying. I'm like, hey, baby, why are you so sad? Yeah, and I'll be like, I ain't lying, your son was a faggot. Ah, exactly, and I'll be there console. I'll be like, you. No, and then you know, to get, I'll punch you in the face, Ian, and I'll look like a hero to her, and I can get one of those kick-ass fucking blowjobs. And then me and my friends can pig roast her. <laughs> yeah, I can take a punch, unlike fucking Van Hagar fans who can't take a joke or music. And just uh, so you know, while we pig roast her, Van Halen Two will be playing. Thank you. <laughs> Damn straight. And it'll be pigs in love. All right, uh, Geezer Butler came out and apologized. Oh my God, this is the wackiest story of the week. Yeah, go uh, ahead, go ahead. No, you you take this one. This Bill. is too funny, man. Geezer Butler's like, oh, you know, we asked Bill to do the last Black Sabbath show, and then Bill came out going, "No, you didn't." And then Geezer says, "Oh yeah, we didn't ask Bill after all. Sorry, Bill." <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? How shitty is that? It's horrible. And also, Bill, would you do the last show? Is insulting. And even Geezer said, shit, if they asked me that, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Even Geezer agreed that's fucking lame. What the hell? I think Geezer's back on drugs. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll do something good. All right. Well, now, until the episode starts, we got to talk about the hot topic that we just missed out on last week's episode. Yeah. And this is... Uh, at the Dime Bash concert in L.A., it ended with uh, Phil Anselmo, uh, you know, banging his chest, giving the, the Nazi salute, saying Zig Heil and White Power. Well, did he say Zig Heil? He said that? Yes. 
Oh, I, I, I missed that part. I, I believe he did. I could, okay, I, thought, I, know, I, I saw the video. I thought, I thought, or maybe he just went, you know, did the zig Yeah, salute. I, I saw the video. He did the zig salute, and then he yells "White Power" to the crowd. Well, I, I, I know he's been, he's been known to yell zig before at concerts. Okay, but uh, but right, it, this this started off a firestorm. Uh, there there was a a concert goer that filmed uh, you know the show, and he put up the video. But at first he edited this shit out, and then he put it up, and then he said he felt compelled because he was so offended. Uh, he's like, I, you know, it sucks. I'm a Pantera fan. He goes, but this is really fucked up. And then he put up the unedited footage where they show filmed someone doing this. And since then there has been an outpouring of outrage by by other metal musicians. Uh, some have made videos. Uh, you, you know, some come out made made just written statements and uh man i here's something you know that just came down the pike today in the news is that down was kicked off a festival in uh in dutch i don't know how you say no deutschland's germany but yeah it's somewhere in dutchland i don't know how the fuck to pronounce this right but anyway it is the uh futo rock festival in dutch Land, or the, I don't the, the people in Germany don't fuck around when it comes to Nazis. No, 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 no. This is Dutch. The Dutch. These okay. motherfuckers wear wooden shoes and shit. Right. Uh, but uh, they said after much, much debate and and all this shit that Down was kicked off the festival that they were supposed to play because Down is doing a festival this summer of all you know the big European dates because they're they're huge in Europe. They're huge in Europe on the festival shows, and they got kicked out because they said there's no place for racism in rock, and that's not what we represent, and we don't want them at the, our festival. And so, they have the right to do that. And, and here's the backlash. And uh, yeah, it started. Ralph, it started. Ralph, you seem uh, very excited about this topic, so I'm gonna let you go first. Okay, I just want to uh, first. I gotta do a little groundwork here. Okay. I fucking hate. I hate. Racism, not only white power, black power, Latino power, whatever power. Fuck you, power. Fuck all those powers. How about the human power? I think. What about what about Austin Powers? Fuck yeah, him too. Baby. Fuck him. I hate him because he hasn't made no more movies. And goddamn, I love those three movies. So <laughs> I, I, I'm very much against him too for stopping making those movies. Uh, anyway, so um, even though that Goldfinger character was kind of shitty. Oh, it's my Fasha. Yeah, that, that was a little... Oh, I loved it. I, I don't know. I, I didn't like Goldfinger. I mean, I love the movie. I just didn't like that character. Anyway, but going back to... Uh, I am... Look, and look, let's be honest, Ian. I don't know about you, but we all, when we're friends and get together, you know, I've heard black jokes and I've laughed. Jewish jokes. And look, look, we all, we all are guilty. We all have a little bit of racism in us, but... It's, to me, I would say the type of racism I have is safe racism because I don't act upon it. I don't look down on people. I don't, I just hate assholes. I don't care what color you are. And I made a post the other day saying how, you know, in my life, the majority of people I've met in my life are cool. So I think cool people outnumber assholes where all I see on Facebook is like, oh, I hate human beings. I hate this. Like if you see a guy torture a cat, this is why I hate humans. It's like, motherfucker, you get like a hundred people, maybe if you're lucky, you'll find one out of a hundred that'll torture a cat. So don't blame this cocksucker 
for everything. So, but my ground, my thing is, you know, to be 100% honest, I am against racism in every way. I don't see anything that Phil did was fucking good. I think it was disgusting. The whole white power, the decal, all that shit offends me because, look, man, I'm. You think you think by Phil? There's another thing that people don't seem to understand. You think by Phil saying white power, that's him like bashing black people? No, to me, it's him bashing every race that's not white. I, that's the way I look at it. Why? You think you think the KKK will let me join their fucking their fucking uh, club because I'm Hispanic? I mean, yeah, sure, they won't let me join them because I did fuck their sisters slash wives. But would they let me join because I'm Hispanic? No, they would lynch me right next to a black guy. And I am disgusted by all the racism. Now, with all that put aside, and here's the thing. People, Phil came out and did an apology. He said he apologized. A good friend of ours, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's listening now. He always listens every week. He said that, that... That uh, that was bullshit. He saw right through that that apology, and he doesn't believe him. And he's like, "Fuck Phil, I don't believe him." And he's very offended by Phil. That you know what? Rightfully so. And I stand behind him as the overall thing. But and me and him had this discussion. I said, "But we do think different as far as the apology. You don't believe the apology? I looked at the apology. I didn't analyze it to see if it was true or not. But the way I look at it, and I say this right now." With all my heart, I I swear to original Black Sabbath, I swore to my parents this is true. If Al Sharpton came out today and said, I'm sorry for the decades of hate I've had. I'm sorry, I would forgive the guy. Even if it sounded like bullshit, I would forgive him until he proves me wrong. And I feel like everybody deserves a chance. As long as, because everybody's like, well, Phil did this many times in the past. Yeah, but he never apologized. Now, in, in defense of people that don't take his apology, like our great uh, listener, I back him 100%. I understand him 100%. I don't think he's wrong for not forgiving him. That's fine. You know, I don't think, I just see it differently. But just because I see it differently doesn't mean I'm right. No, he could be right. Phil may do it again. But if, let me tell you something, if he does it again, then a big fuck you to him. It's like, fuck you and your apology. If you repeat that stupid racist bullshit, you're a piece of shit. And what he did was a total piece of shit move. Now I want to move on to Mr. Rob Flynn. All right, so, you know, Rob Flynn made this video, a bash and fill, and, um, and, and, you know, okay, I'll be honest. I'm a little biased. I don't like Rob Flynn. I really don't. I And I had a bad experience with him personally. Um, when Machine Head first came out with Burn My Eyes, I went to go see one of their shows and I had a couple, and you know, I mean, I know Florida doesn't get cold, but when it does get cold here, it freaks me out. It was a really cold night that night they played down here. And I, you know, waited for him after the show. I've had a bunch of violent stuff for him to sign. And he walks out of the club and I'm like, hey, uh, Rob, can you sign a few albums? He's like, yeah, sure, man. I'll be right back. I'll go in the car. Uh, I got to put some stuff in the tour bus. I'm like, cool. He never came back out. I waited close to 45 minutes in that cold. So... Right there, I hated the guy for a I was like, dude, how can you do that to a fan, you know? And he didn't know what I had to sign. He didn't see it, you know? I had it all in the bag. It could have been machine head stuff, but anyway. So, um, so I already had to hold a grudge on this guy. This dude, which I don't know if people remember him bashing uh, Slayer back in the day, and Terry King, who Slayer gave them their first tour. 
ungrateful prick. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, well, I mean, Carrie King bashed the fuck out of him after Burning Red too. So why not? Yeah, no, I hear you. I what hear was you. wrong with that? No, I, I hear. Hey, and I like the Burning Red, but I know most people hate it. Did you know that that album? It was named after when he was uh, when when he he got gangbanged. <laughs> It was, it was a song about his asshole. Anyway, all right, look, whatever. I know people love Machine Head, so I don't want to sit here and, and talk bad about Machine Head because, you know, I mean, I respect anybody that likes Machine Head. That's not the, the problem here. This guy, again, not that he's wrong with the whole racism thing. I agree with it. But, man, he brought up this part where, you know, we I bought a house and in the contract of the house that no Negroes allowed to live in here. Dude, that house was built in the 50s. Why can't you let the past go? You know, why do we have to, like... Oh, because this house didn't allow Negroes in the 50s. Why do you even bring that up? Seriously, it's like people saying, Well, you know, in my job, dude, I'll tell you something. In my job, I have the... the there's an office near mine that has, like, something that really offends me. It's a picture of a white guy saying, I don't like immigrants. And then under it is the Indian saying, fine, when you leave him. I get offended by that because, number one, that white guy says, I, well, I'm offended by the white guy, too. I hate immigrants. Fuck you, because my parents are immigrants. Um, but, no, number one, that stupid idiot that said, I don't like immigrants here, he wasn't born when the genocide of the Indians happened. Number two, how do you think the Indians got America? How do you think every country got their nationality? Everything's been conquered all around this fucking planet. So, and I hate this whole thing about, oh, well, because of the slaves, uh, you know, white people should apologize. And It's like, dude, none of us were alive back then. Stop blaming us for shit these people's ancestors did. Okay, so that one that's one thing I hate about what Rob said. And then the second thing was, and I even thought of this, but Rita came out and said it herself. But I even thought of this, too, where he said, and again, I'm not saying that Phil said this. He might have. But Rob said that he said to Phil, oh, I didn't like your nigger era of Machine Head, which was like the burning rat and stuff. And of right, course, right. and of course, Rob had to act so cool going, oh, pot me kettle. And he shows a picture of the Power Metal era Pantera. I'm sorry, right. Power Metal rules. That's a kick-ass fucking album. Better than any fucking Machine Head album, in my opinion. That shit is pure fucking metal. Oh, because they have poofy hair. You're going to fucking bash Glam Terra. Dude, all Pantera albums are metal as fuck. Sure, you got your your stupid songs like She Got Nothing On But The Radio and and uh, Ride My Rocket, but dude, listen to Killer off of uh, off of Project In The Jungle. Listen to the song I Am The Night. They got a bunch of killer fucking traditional metal songs on all those early albums. But Rob Flynn has come out and bashed Wasp. He hates Wasp because... He did some album that the producer uh, produced a Rob, rock album. Yeah, yeah, Robinson, whatever. So, yeah, he was bashing that. It's like, dude, really, dude? Stop with your high on my... Okay, I know I, on occasion, bash bands, but I do it with a wink because, again, I don't want to... I don't want to be like Rob Flynn. I really don't. I hate to think of myself as some asshole in a band bashing other bands, even though I am guilty of doing it. But I hope nobody thinks of me that way because I really do respect anybody that likes a band I hate, even Van Hagar fans. No, I don't respect them. Uh, I I do. I don't respect like you know if you're gonna 
slam it down my throat because you're offended by what I say. But, dude, I, I'm not this way. Rob Flynn is this way. So, Rita said, and I, I felt this way too. Rita said, he's just saying all this shit against Phil because Phil insulted him to his face. Told him right to his face. And and then he also said, what if Lars Ulrich was to do this? You know, I mean, uh, shit would go out of control. Well, somebody found a picture of Lars and James doing the Nazi salute. You know, and it's like, well, let's see if Rob Flynn, because everybody's talking about, wow, Rob Flynn's got a lot of balls coming out and doing this video. Well, let's see if he has enough balls to bash Lars now, because that could fuck up like a future tour of Machine Head with with Metallica, because I, I think they did already. So you know he ain't gonna, you know he's not gonna say jack shit. Well, let's see. I don't know. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, because I will eat all my words when it comes to Rob Flynn if he bashes. Lars for doing a Nazi salute and I'd love to hear him talk about another picture that surfaced that had Gary Holt and Jeff Hanneman doing the Nazi salute with Rob Flynn right there. Now, Rob Flynn wasn't doing the Nazi salute, but he was there in the picture. So I want to see him talk about Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman's guitar. You know Jeff Hanneman, the guitar you buy has that skull and crossbow and the Nazi thing? Right. Nobody ever talks about that. So I'd love to see Rob Flynn. Now, Rob Flynn, you think that's bad. It even gets worse. The other knucklehead that came out, Scott Rosenfeld. Yes, Scott Ian from Anthrax came out and said, racism, zero tolerance. No matter what the situation is. Which is a new song on the Anthrax album. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, way, to plug your, way to plug your album. Anyway, um, zero tolerance, this and that. Now, he, he went to this whole thing, and then he said that, that Phil should donate money to some organization. The Simon Wiesenthal. All right, yeah, yeah, all that. Which is cool. I mean, I'm not against any of that. And I'm also agreeing with Scott Ian about zero tolerance. I do. I think that's true. There should be zero tolerance with racism. But at the same time, this is America. You have the right to say whatever the fuck you want, even if it is racism. But I'll tell you this, just like that idiot Rob Flynn said, if you want to free speech to talk about racism, we have the speech to, to talk about how shitty racism is. So it's a two-way street. But here's my point. Scott Ian, on his book, have you read his book, I'm the Man? I'm the Man, yes, I have it. Okay, uh, there is a chapter in there where he talks about when the S.O.D. album came out and the backlash it got because of songs like Fuck the Middle East and Speak English or Die. And then he was saying, well, you see, if people look more deep into it, they'd see it was a joke. And Billy Milano's not a racist. Well, well, Scott Ian, what happened to zero tolerance? You talk about a guy that always puts his foot in his mouth. I want to bring up another story that Scott did a while ago. Uh, remember when Ted Nugent came out and said, boy, I heard that. This is right when Dime died, too, by the way, which is yeah. very, very fucked up for Ted. Right. Probably one of the worst things. I, people talk about the the, the the his stupid political thing. I even find this even more distasteful. When Dimebag died, Ted Nugent came out and said that their Pantera's version of Cat Scratch Fever, Fever had no soul. He pretty much bashed it. Well, and he said, fuck him, he deserved it because he did drugs and shit like that, too. He said that, too? Yeah. All right, well, fuck Ted Cause, Nugent. Because he, he was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Fuck him. Even though I love early Ted Nugent. I, I, I'm sorry. When it comes to music, fuck it. You know, I, I, I like early Ted Nugent. But I think he's a fucking scumbag for saying that. But here's the point. Here's my point. 
at the time that Ted Nugent said that, Scott Ian was doing a show with him on VH1. Remember that show where they were all in a house together and they were yeah, a, yeah, they were a yeah, rock band? Uh, yeah. Sebastian Savage, Bach. Savage, Savage Animal. Yeah, Sebastian Bach, Jason Bonham, and Evan Rose, what's that guy from Biohazard, whatever. Yeah, Evan, uh, yeah, Evan Seinfeld. Okay, so which by the way, he's related to Jerry Seinfeld. Did you know that? He really is. I don't know. He actually is. Well, anyway, at the time when this happened, uh, wait, be, uh, I'm, I'm going ahead of myself. Before Ted Nugent said this slanderous thing, I'm not lying, I'm blabbermouth maybe two days prior, or maybe it was a day prior, Dan Spitz came out and said, you know, those solos, on uh, that solo that Dimebag did on Stomp 442 or something like that, I don't remember the exact thing, but uh, he mentioned something how Dime like borrowed off him or something like that, and Scott Ian lost his mind and said to, uh, like on the press, nobody disses Dime on my time. And then two days later, Ted Nugent said that about Cat Scratch Fever, and Scott Ian didn't say a fucking word. And I also want to bring up one more thing about Scott Ian. VH1, VH1 had a, a special called Badasses, where they had Lemmy. You know, they, they would show Lemmy, and then you'd have a bunch of musicians talk about, oh, he's a badass because of this. He's a badass because of that. You know, and they show that Axl Rose. Oh, he's a badass because of this. You know, and you know Scott Ian's on all those shows. There was a part in the show where Scott Ian goes, yeah, I consider myself a badass. Because he was the only one that called himself a badass. Nobody else did. <laughs> and Scott Ian, you're not a badass. You're a suck-ass. And I noticed this on the motorboat. He is such a, oh, I'm just going to hang out with Rita and Phil and, you know, all, all the rock stars. He just seems so elitist to me, like like pompous. I've met Scott Ian several times, and every time I've met him, he's always comes off his dick. i got to bring one more, <laughs> one more thing about Scott Ian. This happened in front of my face. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever... It was probably by far the most dick thing I've ever seen any musician ever do. Other than what Phil did. My drummer for combat, Brian Wilson, and his dad bought VIP tickets to, see, to meet Anthrax. And I was there. I was outside. And when they came out, they were telling me how shitty it was. It was horrible. They felt like they got ripped off. It was like they just walked in, took a picture, and pretty much got kicked out. And so, they're Jews. Right. Well, yeah, they are. They are Jewish, yes. They're Jewish. So, Scott Ian comes walking out. And Brian Wilson's dad confronts Scott Ian. And I'm standing right there. At him. And Scott Ian, and this guy is just telling all Scott Ian how. Dude, what the hell? I feel like this and that. And then Scott Ian, they were debating a little bit. And this conversation lasted about maybe three to four minutes. Where Scott Ian said, and I quote, this is amazing. Scott Ian goes, look, not to be a dick or anything, but look, we've talked a lot now. Does that, doesn't that you know, contribute to your VIP. Like, you spent, you just spent three minutes with me. He actually said this shit. So that's it. That's the end of uh, my spiel on Scott Ian. And Scott Ian, you're a fucking hypocrite. Speak English or die, fuck the Middle East. Oh, and may I add that he produced ML, uh, USA for MLD, which has the line, uh, fuck the nigger charity and let him die a third. And he sang the chorus, anal inflicted the sentence, A-I-D-S. And this is a guy gonna tell fucking... Phil, how racism has zero tolerance? Fuck that guy. And by the way, New Anthrax sucks. All right. Uh, now I'd like to give my uh, retort, if you, if I can. Um, 
I think what Phil did and said was despicable. And I love Pantera. I love Phil and Selmo. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'll never listen to Pantera again because of what he did. Because Pantera is not only tattooed on my body, but it's ingrained in my DNA. And uh, a lot of those lyrics have made me what I am and got me through some tough times. Oh, come on, man. Don't bash Pantera. But I, I stand, I stand exactly, you know, with with how I feel about this. What he did was stupid. It was fucking white trash, and it was wrong. And uh, whether it's a joke, now, now I've done some jokes, okay? Like I, I have a boss I hate, and I joke with everybody that he's a Nazi. And sometimes when we walk around at work, you know, we'll see each other in the hallways, and we'll do the Nazi salute. And it's, do, do, do we hate the fucking Nazis, uh, you, know, you know, but it's a joke because it's him. And when I first heard this, it was about the, the white power, you know, you know, the white wine they were drinking. Now, Rob Flynn says there was no white wine. Now, there has been photos that surfaced of him drinking white wine. What, at um, the Dime Bash? Yes, yes. No shit. So that yes. shows that Rob Flynn's a fucking liar. Well... What I will say in Rob Flynn's defense, maybe he wasn't there when when they were drinking that, but there 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 is footage. Rita didn't come out and say that uh, it's more of a personal th- thing with Rob. But uh, that's what I, I want... got out of that video. I'm telling you, when yeah. I watched that video, I felt like that's why Rob was attacking. But 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 I don't I don't want any of this to take away from what he did and what he said. I agree. And, I agree. And, and, he, and he needs to own that shit. And that shit was fucking wrong. Not only is it offensive to fucking people of color, it's offensive to Jews. It's offensive to anybody that suffered shit at the hands of Nazis. But it's offensive not, to everybody, even white right, people. Right, right. Well, it should let, be offensive to white hey, people. Hey, hey, let me speak. No, I'm, hey, I'm letting you speak. I'm just like throwing in a, right. a couple of pennies. Go right. Ahead. But, but what I'm saying is like, I, I've done shit like that and... I wouldn't feel bad if I offended anybody that was like a, a Holocaust survivor or a victim of a, you know, of any of that shit. Because I know what I meant was a joke. Like, I'm making fun of my asshole boss. But if I offended somebody else, I would feel horrible. And where this really hit home for me uh, is like, you know, you know, when I first saw this footage, I was like, that's fucking terrible. That's fucked up. You know, it's it's like, but I, I everybody deals with racism. You know, Ralph, you've been on my back patio. Dude, I throw so many parties back there, and I have guys that I work with that I get along with at work, but I know how they are. And when I have parties, they're like, hey, can I come to your party? I'm like, no. Because at my party, there's going to be black people. There's going to be gay people. There's going to be all, and, and I know how you fucking are, and I know how your mouth is. And I'm like, there's no room for that kind of hatred at my house. At my house, everybody is welcome, and everybody should feel welcome, and there's no room for that fucking bullshit. So while I might like you, you ain't welcome in my house because I know how you fucking are. And the things that he did hurt people. And, and if you want to see something that really, like, change shit, put it in perspective, watch I'm, I'm, I'm calling him out right now because I know what he said was right. Mike Sears. Mike Sears, one of, you know, our... our biggest fans, one of our most original fans is a black man who loves Pantera. And this shit really fucking hurt him. 
And he's got a video up on fucking YouTube. Watch this shit. And he's very articulate about what he says. And it's not just a cry. This, this is a black man who loves metal. And I, we lo- have- I gotta watch this. I haven't, I, I haven't yeah, known yeah, anything. Yeah. Me and, and him, and- he was the one I was talking about earlier. I didn't want to call him out, but you Right, right, it. right. No, but I'm saying Mike Sears, because Mike Sears got enough balls to speak up. So that's why I'm gonna call Mike Sears out by name, because he has the balls. We also have Justin A6. We have Kevin McLennan. You know, we have we have black fans that, that are are friends of this show Thomas Black that are loyal fans like Thomas Black and nobody spent as much money on the Amazon link or been there every week or shared our fucking link like Mike Sears a black man who loves fucking metal and to, and to see how this shit makes him feel and you and you listen to it and you, and you realize like while it might not offend you it hurts him it hurts this person that loved Pantera so much to hear this shit and that to me, is all the perspective I need. This is a guy you want to like. It's acceptable for fucking honkies to listen to rap and to like rap because that's what's popular now. You know what's hard is being a black man that listens to fucking metal and then defend yourself. And even Mike Mike Sears says he has to defend himself more to black people about listening to metal than he does white people. Yeah, I already, he t- I already heard this from him. You know, but. It's true. It's it, it's fucking true. And here's, horrible. He he loves his band, and then for him to to have to see this shit, somebody he looked up to, somebody he respected, to do something this like, I I, I mean a joke is a joke, but this is like okay, nothing funny about it. I don't even right, think right, it's right. a joke. No, 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 That's no. one thing I think Phil's fucking full of shit on. That was no joke. Ozzy is your god. If Ozzy came out in a fucking chase shirt. And fucking talk shit. Oh, Cubans, they're fucking, you know, lower than dirt. No, no, I, I wouldn't be offended. I'd be more offended if Tony Iommi wore that shirt. Because I was even tired. Maybe Sharon made him do it. Right. But I'm, I'm saying put it into perspective. No, I know. I know what you mean. You know. And, but, but, but at the same time, dude, I'm not defending Phil at all. You know, I was saying, and I'll say it again. Uh, when he apologized, I felt like, dude, everybody needs... You know, uh, one chance. Like he said, just give me one chance. I just want to say one thing where you bring up the chair thing. You know, what I say about Phil and Phil's actions is no different than a chair shirt. I do not see a difference. You know, somebody was telling me there is a big difference between chair and Hitler. And I, I'm saying no. Oh, because Hitler was a, you know, a socialist and this guy's a, a communist and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You oppress people, you're a piece of shit. I don't care how you do it, even if you do it differently. So anybody wearing a chest shirt, yeah, of course I've come out and complained about it because I've heard stories from my own father. My own family members were killed by the hands of this cocksucker. So of course it's kind of like personal to me. Just like it's personal to Mike Sears because he is a black man in the white power. But, you know, Mike Sears and everybody should understand white power is against every race. It's not, and I bring that up. If I bring up uh, Rob Flynn being a douchebag, Ian, Ian, Scott Ian for being a douchebag, I also want to cap it off because I wanted right. to say this, right. but I, I forgot to. But I did want to say this. It was very important. What Rob Flynn did was such a stupid shit. What Scott Ian did was hypocritical bullshit. What Phil did was worse than Rob and Scott put together. Right, but, but here's one thing I will say, and fuck Scott Ian, is if you were to say something about, you know, uh, fuck Hamas and all this shit, he'd be all for it. 
you know. Well, and that's and that I'm not for either. You know, I don't think. Right, I right, think, right. No, but I'm saying. If, no, I know you know that, Ian. I'm just right, saying right. this whole fucking thing with Hamas is no different than white power to me. It's just not. It's hatred is hatred, right down the line, man. So, like Mike Sears brought up an interesting thing. He said, uh, "Ice Cube, America's most wanted," with a KKK. That yeah. shit was anti-white. You yes, know, it was. and I'm not, and you know what? I can sit here and go, oh, look at Phil getting all this bullshit, but yet Ice Cube never apologized. Well, so well, hey, can... how about Michael Jackson? Uh, he had an uh, anti-Semitic song where he's like, sue me, Jew me. Yeah. You know, but, but people that's still. Okay. Yeah, uh, but people... Sean Puffy Combs at, at an all-star game said black power. Now, here's my point. By me bitching about that doesn't make anything better. It actually makes it worse because there's no way this society is going to accept the same kind of apology if a white guy does it. You know it's true. If a white guy says white power, all shit black. Uh, but if a black guy says black power, eh, you don't need an apology because, you know, they're oppressed people. I'm not going to sit here and play that fucking game because you know what? Black people are oppressed. Look at the ghettos. Look at the way they live. Look at... It's hard for them to get but ahead in this I, I, fucking racist society. Let's fucking be honest here. By saying white power, he's just confirming America. Now, I also want to bring this up. I work with a bunch of black people that make more money than me. My boss is fucking black. Okay? These are motherfuckers that worked hard. When I had the kidney something, my, my doctor was black. There's a lot of blacks that did make something of themselves, but let me tell you something. How they got there was way harder than how a white guy got there. It's just the way it is. And it's unfortunate, and that's why if Phil's gonna yell white power, he deserves all the shit. And I even said, even with his apology, he did, he still deserves a lot of shit. So yeah, in no way I wanna defend Phil. I'm just bringing up the hypocrisy of all these people that are bashing him. It's like, you guys are a fucking asshole too. Thank you. Go ahead. And uh, there you go. I don't, I don't know how we're ever going to solve this shit. It's never going to be solved. Racism's always going to exist because everybody is fucking ignorant. Everybody wants to... Dude, the white people are the first ones to jump up going, Look, he said black power. And we, you know... And, and that, look, that feeds racism. Now, by Sean Puffy Combs saying black power by Ice Cube in his early days, because I don't know if he's still that way. But, but all that shit... It pisses off white people. And white people, they do. There's a lot of people that aren't racist, but they live in a fucking uh, a world, a, a country, where you're supposed to be guilty for being white. That turns them into racist. There's a lot of white people that were good, but then all of a sudden, oh, enough of this black power and, and black against black crime. What, it's black against white crimes, okay? That fuels a lot of hatred into white people to yeah. become people like Phil with white power, this and that. So if everybody was just to fucking stop, stop with, oh, the black people can say this and the white people can't because of the white people, fuck you, shut up. Nobody should say it black or white. If a black person says it, they should be fucking told just like a white person, but that's never gonna happen. So let's just let it go because the more it fuels racism, the worst it's gonna get. <coughs> I'm Cuban. Yeah. Hey, focus hatred where it should be. 
Sammy Hagar. I knew you were going to say that. I saw that Foc- coming up. Focus all your hatred on Sammy Hagar. As that you is, all know that. That is the human enemy. Right there, Ian proves. He hates Sammy. Sammy's white. Ian's like Phil and Selma. Yeah. Fuck honkies and fuck Sammy Hagar. All right, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're more like Ice Cube. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. America's Most Wanted was about Sammy Hagar. You didn't know that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Final album called America's Least Wanted. It was all fucking anti-Sammy Hagar songs. Yeah, it was all, yeah. Fuck uh, Sammy Hagar. Fuck Sammy Hagar. Death to Sammy Hagar. Death to Sammy Hagar and his fans. God, you're so, you're so racist about uh, about bad taste. Hey, I admit, I admit it where it's true. So I just want to end this with this. I am not racist, but I am going to tell you this, and, and I don't I don't give a fuck if I'm going to get backlash for this because this is just the the way I was raised. And I'll give you an example. Does this make me racist, Ian? Because this is the way I am. Let's if hear I'm it. if I'm walking down a street. And I see a black, foggy guy, right? Right. And across the street, I see a little old lady. What side of the street do you think I'm going to walk on? The side with the white little old lady. Yes. Now, that does that make me racist? Because I also want to say, if I'm walking down the street and I see one of those white guys with their pants all low and, and thuggy, as thuggy looking as the black guy with a little old lady across the street, I'm still going to walk with a little old lady does that make me racist? No, because there are bad black people. There are bad white people. I don't want to be around. It's not because I'm racist. It's because I'm a realist, you know? And okay, another example, homophobia. I am so against anybody against gay gay people. I don't, I think gay people have the right to get married. Well, I, I, I really kind of don't because marriage is so horrible that I love I guess I love gay well, people so much. What, what, what about Greg Barnes? Can Greg Barnes get married? Well, that guy's asexual, isn't he? <laughs> anyway. Asexual, like, hey, nobody wants to fuck him. All right, but <laughs> I might get shit for this, but I'm sorry. This is the way I'm, I was raised or whatever. I think two, two guys, two girls, whatever the fuck, homosexuality should be allowed. If they want to get married, let them get married. If Every fucking right they have to do. But I'm going to tell you this, and this is the honest truth. This is only me being honest. I live on South Beach. A huge gay population lives in this area where I live. I can kind of stomach t- seeing two guys walk holding hands. That's okay. But when I see two guys make out, it kind of makes me sick. And that is installed homophobia inside me. Am I proud of it? Fuck no. But I was raised this way. And I'm not proud of it. Though, I do accept it. But if I see two guys kiss each other, I have to move my head. I don't want to look at this. If I see a guy kissing a girl, it's perfectly okay with me. Now, here's the thing I want to say. By me being disgusted by seeing two, two guys kissing, that's totally on me. And that shows you that I am a flawed individual and I do suffer from uh, a small amount of homophobia because I can't stand looking at it, you know? But I do feel like those guys kissing have every right to do what the fuck they want. But let's be honest here, man. I mean, I I wish everybody was more honest about this because I think this planet would be better if people would just accept that, hey, you know, there are some black people that scare me as, as well as white thugs. You know, and, and Japanese. I mean, there's a, a bunch of gangsters scare me. 
whatever color. Like the, 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 the Latinos and the, the Crips and the Bloods and all that shit scare the living piss out of me. And those are a lot of different races. Well, you, you know, I, I'll tell you this, and this helped me. If you see two men kissing and you get offended, the best thing you can do is take OU812 out of their boombox and put in, like, fair warning. Okay. And, and, and then it stops. Well, come on, Ian. I mean, see, that's the thing. If I bring that up, people are going to think, oh, Ralph gets offended by gay people kissing. No, I don't get offended. I kind of get a little disgusted. And it's wrong on my part. But I gotta be honest here. There is a little bit of there's a little bit of racism in me. There's a little bit of uh, of uh, homophobia in me, you know. Uh, but it's just the way I was raised. I can't help it. But I do my best, you know. Here and here's another uh, thing I gotta be honest about. I don't have any black friends because every black person I know, in, I mean, except my coworkers, but we're friends as far as work goes. But I don't hang out with any black guys. You know why? Because I don't have a Mike Sears. I don't have a Thomas Black. I don't have people like that live around me. Because let me tell you something. If Thomas Black and Mike Sears lived, let's say, next door to me, they'd be in here right now. And I would eat fried chicken with them because I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. I love grape soda. I don't like Black Eyed Peas. So, come on. I like I love the- I love Black Eyed Peas, not the band. You know, and I hate Cuban food, and I'm Cuban, you know, so there you go. But my point is, I wouldn't I would embrace anybody of any color if we have something in common. But I'm sorry, I don't have nothing in common with, you know, uh, either a black guy that, that's, not, that's not into rap, or I just, you know, I'd go have a beer with my co-workers, yeah, fine. But as far as, like, hanging out, we don't really have that much in common, because I'm too, I'm so metal-oriented. That my close friends are all heavy metal fans, all of them, and, and Mike Sears is a heavy metal fan. Thomas Black, I could get along with those guys in person. Unfortunately, I don't have anybody. That, oh, there's another guy called Emil that is every fucking week on the Doctor Fuck Show chat room. That guy's awesome. He's another. He's a thrash fan, you know. And I'm sure he goes through the same shit Mike Sears goes through. And yes, it's fucked up. But you know, Mike Sears, bro. Let me tell you something. I, too, have suffered. Not for being a metalhead fan, but I've suffered for having long hair. Having long hair is a big crutch in society. I had the shittiest jobs for the long hair. So I've been discriminated against as well. I mean, you can say, well, you you could just cut your hair and nobody discriminated against you. It's like, fuck you. I don't want to cut my hair. I'll keep my hair long. So I, I know what it's like to be discriminated against. I've lost jobs. I'll give you an example. I got a really good job as a security guard. I went to security guard school and everything. Got a license. I got a really good job at a hospital. And I, when the interview, I had my hair in a ponytail, kind of hidden. I admit, I put it on, I tucked it under my shirt. Well, the guy gave me the job. And then he asked for my license so he can, you know, print it out and shit. And my license, I had my hair down. And he looked at it and he goes, then he looks at me and he's like, you still got that long hair? I was like, yeah, and he goes, okay, you start on Monday, but cut that hair. And I, I said, and did at the time I was hurting for money, I stood up, I shook his hand, thank you for the opportunity, but no thanks. I'm not gonna cut my hair. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? So hey, I was discriminated never... against. You know, I lost a job. Can you imagine? It's not. What's the difference of me not getting a job for uh, black hair, where a guy calls you and says, okay, you got the job, come in, and when the guy walks in, he's a black guy, he's like, oh no, 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 we can't have you here. What's the difference? Is there a difference? I don't know. Tell me, is there a difference? Well, I'll tell you. You know who's a big, uh, a big man of war fan? 
Jesse well, Jackson. Okay. Big Man of War fan. I did not know that. I gotta yeah, hang with Jesse Jackson. Yeah, well, he only likes the Ross the Boss era shit. Yeah, but I don't he, blame him. He is, he's a big Man of War fan. True story. So, yeah, and, and I mean, we've gone all the way. And, and that's why he didn't win the presidency in 1984. Because of Man of War? Yeah, because of Man of War. Yeah. Uh, in the end, we are not going to solve racism. We are not going to solve all this stupid ignorance. But I can tell you this. While this cloud and tornado of stupidity surrounds us, you, me, Ian, we should go pick up Mike Sears. We should go get Thomas Black. We should go to a park with a boombox and blast metal and laugh our fucking asses off and fucking high-five each other. And, you know, I know, hey, Mike Sears, he's happily with a girl. Okay, that's fine. But we'll get another girl. So me, oh, no, you're, 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 uh, you're, you're, you're dating hey, somebody, hey, too. Hey, she, she don't listen to this shit. Well, <laughs> you know, just me, Thomas Black, this is, this is what we're going to do. While all this racism we're gonna going. Fuck, we're going to fuck some white women? No, no, even better. No, you're not gonna fuck nobody. You're seeing somebody. You and Mike Sears. Here's the thing. Me and Thomas Black are gonna pig roast an Oriental chick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the mouth. He's gonna get the the vagina or or the butt, whatever you want. We're gonna pig roast it, and you and Mike Sears are gonna film a two cam mix and laugh our asses off, and we're gonna call it fucking an Oriental chick in the name of anti-racism. Thank you. All right. Well, I love what, I love myself so much for saying that. What What do you say we call in the boss Scott Green and talk about Judas Priest, Sad Wings of Destiny? Hell yeah! All right. Now we're gonna review the classic Judas Priest album, Sad Wings of Destiny, and this time we got a special guest. Yes, the boss. Yes. Like I consider my boss. The great Scott Green from that metal station is joining us this week to review Judas Priest. Yeah. Yay! Uh, All yeah, right, I Scott. Well, welcome, welcome to the show, bro. What's up, man? Hey, uh, I, uh, you know, we're all on Skype and we're on video, and I noticed uh, Scott, you're wearing that beautiful that metal station shirt. Uh, was, yes, I was, am. Was that was that on purpose for this show? Uh, no, I got enough of them. I can wear one every day. I was about to ask you. You do realize we're just audio, right? <laughs> I know no one can see. I noticed you put on eyeliner too, dude. This is just audio. <laughs> oh man, I thought it was going on YouTube too, man. Damn. I, I, well, I, I do like that shirt though. Uh, I tried to order one, and the lady from the Indie Authority told me it was too offensive, and I had to, I had to tune it down. Yeah. How dare you put kettle on there? Yeah, oh, but, my. But, let's give it up for Scott Green, a amazing boss that believes yeah. in our show and lets us go uncensored and do whatever we want and fought really hard to get us. So I want to say thank you. Yeah, Scott, Scott. Green. I mean, Scott, it, it wouldn't offend you if I bring up like how I like to snort dog poop and then piss it inside a girl's <laughs> vagina and have a cat eat it out of the vagina, stuff like that. That doesn't offend you, does it? He's not worried about PETA. <laughs> that's like that's like a Saturday night. I mean, okay. you, I mean, you take it that way. I mean, yeah, it's like a Saturday night, man. I mean, you forgot to throw the uh, the whipped cream and you know cherry on top of it. Ew, you're gross, dude. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you don't mind if I do some of this during the show, do you, Scott? Uh oh. <laughs> uh. 
I encourage it. Well, I actually, you know, we do have to have a talk. Um, I, I need you to be more offensive. Oh, God, how, how, how the fuck is that possible? I gotta, I, I gotta, know. I gotta find midgets. I'm sorry, I, I dwarf. I can't, I can't believe somebody sought out your show and said, "Hey, we want to play your show," and then has the balls to say, um, "Can you change your show for no, us?" Actually, actually, it takes no balls to do that. Stuff. Yeah. Well, 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 well here, here's the thing. When that first happened, you know, we were already on that metal station, and this person was, like, you know, begging us, you know, hey, come on. And then when I started all the, okay, let's do this, she was like, well, tell me about your show. And I was like, what do you mean, tell me about the show? Shouldn't you have listened to it? You know, wouldn't you want to listen to a show before you ask to have it on your station? I mean, a, a, as a as a radio entrepreneurs yourself scott wouldn't you listen to a show first <laughs> well yeah and that's it man you know before i started uh that metal station um i had found you guys and i had been listening to your podcast and i actually approached you to get you on a different station and we couldn't work it out uh, and that's one of the, you guys were you know a big part of this station the reason it started because you know i i, I love podcasts i love what you guys do um, and I want to get other podcasts that, you know, have the, 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 the meat that you guys have, you well, know, so you guys, you guys were a, a reason for the station starting as well. Right. Me and, me and, me and Ian pack a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're meat packers. <laughs> you do live in South Beach. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I'm Scott. I'm going to tell everybody. Uh, nobody knows, not even Ian knows this, but Scott, only, this is a little secret only me and Scott share. When uh -oh. I do the Dr. Fuck show, I do it while performing necrophilia. And Scott's cool with it. I'm on, how cool is that? Now, uh, well, don't think I'm sick, because I'm technically not, you know, I'm not fucking a dead person. I'm fucking a dead possum, which is still technically necrophilia. Hey, Scott, Scott is, Scott's known this forever, and he likes it. And he ended up fucking a dead possum. He said he was driving down the highway, saw a dead possum, pulled over, took off his high heels, and banged a possum right there in the middle of the street. Hey, I, yeah, I, I, just, I ain't gonna say I never did necrophilia. Hell, I was married once, you oh, know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still married. Yeah, Scott's still doing necrophilia. Anyway, so we're here to talk about uh, Judas Priest. Sad wings of destiny. Well, uh, Scott, since you are our guest this week, why don't you tell us about your uh, first exposure to this album? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, no, Scott, tell us your first exposure to Jesus Priest, then tell us your first exposure to this album, and, tell, and then tell us your first exposure with a man sucking your penis through a hole. Well, I'd like to talk about that one first. <laughs> um, You're not going to mention my name, are you? Well, I, 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 I promised it would be a secret between us, so, you know, I'll Don't keep worry, it that way. Don't worry, nobody's listening. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I can't tell you exactly where I got my first, you know, step with Judas Priest, but I, well, I can tell you where I got my first blowjob. Um, you know, but, you know, I don't think my mother would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so anyways. Was she there? Are you, are you from Alabama? <laughs> are you related to Justin? Uh, it's very well possible. All right. Okay. Anyway, um, so, so so I like Priest, man. I've always liked the 
I've always liked the the way KK Downing and uh, Tipton, you know, how they, you know, they're they're a powerhouse together. I don't care what two guitar players you've had together for a long time. And although KK is, you know, no longer in the band, which really surprising, but they're a powerhouse, you know. Well, you know yeah, I, I think I think no twin guitar band ever was as badass as KK and and Glenn. By far the best twin acts fucking guitar players because they soloed you know not most twin guitar players is the rhythm and the soloist and then the other is that both solo it's just not as good i don't feel well, i they, don't think they don't bounce off each other like you know kk and you know downing uh or yeah kk downing and uh tipton sorry you know they just don't bounce off each other like these guys did and you can really tell in this particular album, Sad Wings of Destiny, that they were, all, all the members of the band, you know, even though Alan West didn't continue, they were all finding that niche where they sat and what was going to make this band the iconic band that it is today. Scott, did you went with the Sad Wings? You what? These nuts. You, these nuts. You just you just entered the Whistling Nuts Club. <laughs> okay. Come on, hey, come on. Break, man. All right. Here. Anyway, all right. So, Scott, tell us the first time you got a hold of Sad Wings of Destiny. Do you remember roughly what year it was? Actually, it wasn't too long ago. What? Um, um, when it came to metal, you know, metal, when I was a kid, you know, you went through so many different variations of what was to come. You know, um, I've kept up with groups, but I here recently have started going back. Um, and another acknowledgement to the Rock and Metal podcast, I've actually been going back and revisiting old albums. And uh, I'd say it was about two years ago, I actually went and I uh, re-reviewed this album. Um, you know... It's just been one of those things that you guys are a part of as well because you guys have got me going back and looking at other things. But to honestly say, to know this album inside and out the way I know it now is uh, just been about maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Wow. All right, Ian. At least uh, I'm Ian, we've already done two Judas Priest shows. Right. So we don't have, me and you don't have to go through the whole how we discovered Priest. But I want to hear uh, when you first got Sad Wings. You know, the story on that. Okay, well, that, uh, you know, you may scoff at this, but it's very similar to Scott. I never physically bought Sad Wings of Destiny because, uh, you know, I knew, you know, half the songs were on Unleash in the East, and I, I knew those. I loved those, but I always knew the story about the first two, you know, the Gull Records, and, you know, the band didn't get the money, and I was always waiting for a better version you know i always thought like somehow they would get the rights back they would make it sound better and it would be this awesome deluxe edition so i always put off buying it since i knew half of it anyway but then after a while i was like you know what they're never gonna get this shit back so probably a couple years ago was the first time that i listened to it like properly in its entirety um and and i, I love it you know and as i went on with with priest you know definitely I, you know, I, I clung on to the 80s era first and then went back. But as I went back through all the other ones, you know, it's like, well, you know what? Now it's time to just say fuck it and check out Rock and Roll and Sad Wings and 
I'm glad I did. You know, and I love rock and roll as well. Hell yeah! What did you I, like rock and roll, Scott? Yeah, it's a good album. It is. Uh, like I said, you know, I'm. In, we're in the same boat, man. You know, this is a. Re, it's it's like revisiting Scorpions. You know, I've been back to the '72 era. You know, been checking out a lot of those albums that I never checked out as a kid, and that's how rock and roll and Sad Wings of Destiny came back. You know, around to me. Very cool. You know, so, all right, checking me, them out. As far as I go, are you done, Ian? By the way. Yeah, go ahead. For me, the first and I came in late. Believe it or not, I think the first time I heard Sad Wings was like in '84, and I discovered Judas Priest in '79 because it wasn't really easy to get. And I'm talking about pre-internet, pre, you know, like you did not see in South Florida Sad Wings of Destiny at your ro- local record shop. You just did it. So uh, I was so used to Unleashed in the East that when I finally, and I do remember, I don't remember the friend, but I do remember the first time I heard Sad Wings of Destiny was a, a friend of mine had it on cassette and he played it in his car. And I remember how blown away and how disappointed I was on how slow these songs were. Because I was so used to, you know, uh, Victim of Changes, Ripper, Tyrant, Genocide. Is that it? I think that's all that's from the album. That's on the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, you got... yeah. Yeah, four, four songs on, and, on Unleashed. And hearing like the Ripper, it sounds like, dude, can you speed it up a bit? You know, it's like, ugh. I didn't dig it, you know, but... Uh, you know, I, I you know songs I never heard before, like Island of Domination. I thought was super cool, and I loved um, Dreamer, Deceiver, and Deceiver on my first list. And I'm telling you, the songs that I didn't never heard before, I did love. I just didn't like these versions of these these songs that I'm so used to from Unleashed in the East. And uh, I finally did hunt down the album. Don't remember when or where. I believe I got it at the same time as Rock and Roll And I played it more and more, and then I got it. I understood it. I understood, okay, this ain't... To me, nothing's better than Unleashing the East. When it comes to metal, I'm not even saying Judas Priest. Like, metal in general. There's no metal album as good as Unleashing the East. Yes, Black Sabbath's my favorite band, and I will pick Black Sabbath's albums over it. But as far as, like, pure fucking metal... Nothing touches on these cities, in my opinion. But I understood the the heaviness of the of, of the slowness of these songs. Now, like I love the Ripper. Now I love these studio versions to all these songs. I think it's fucking amazing. And I am, and I'm, this is like a serious flaw that I ha- that I hate. But I do own, uh, thanks to my ex girlfriend, she bought me. Sad Wings of Destiny on Picture Disc, and I listened to it this morning. You know, to, just to hear it one time before the show. And I never did play the Picture Disc. By the way, the Picture Disc sound amazing. Usually Picture Disc don't, but this Picture Disc sounds really good. And I listened to it the whole way through, and I said, "Okay, wait, wait a second. Let me go grab Sat uh, Stained Class, my favorite Judas Priest album." So I put that on the turntable and listened to it. And when the Heroes End ended, and that. Amazing album ended. I said, all right, Sad Wings of Destiny is now the best Judas Priest studio album. I changed my mind. Now it's Sad Wings of Destiny, goddammit. So we're about to review what I consider 
their best studio album. I am more into 70s Priest, but I love 80s Priest. I love uh, Angel Retribution. I like Nostradamus, bro. <laughs> I wasn't Good a fan ask. of Ripper, bro. I'm sorry, Scott. I loved Ripper. I loved Judas Priest live with Ripper. But I didn't like Jugulator. I didn't like Demolition. And it had a few good cuts, but I was kind of like disappointed in it. I loved more the Halford stuff. I didn't like Turbo. I did somewhat like Ram It Down. I, I thought Ram It Down had its moments. And I love Out in the Cold on, uh, on Turbo. But as a whole, those are like the only two that really disappoint me in the Judas Priest discography. Because I love the last three. Uh, that Redeemer of Souls. That Richie Faulkner. Faulkner. Whatever the fuck his name is. I'm yeah. a purist. And that motherfucker is so good. He's He he is making me willing to support Priest without KK. That's how good this guy is. What? And I've been more of a KK fan than Glenn. And I know Glenn Tipton is technically a better guitar player than KK. But KK's got that fucking attitude. That fucking grittiness and, and dirtiness to his playing that I love more than Glenn. But this new guy, this Faulkner, it's a, he's pretty much a shredder. A Zach Wild type. I think he fits perfectly with Priest. And what he has been doing with Priest is very commendable. And as much as I miss KK, I gotta admit, it's not one of those situations where, you know, like, you know, oh, it's, you know, I, you know, I can't accept like certain bands without, what? like I can't accept uh, Van Halen without David Lee Roth. I can't accept um, um, Def Leppard without Pete Willis. But I can accept fucking uh, Judas Priest without KK. And that's not something I'm proud to say, but that's how good this Faulkner guy is. All right, I'll let you guys, uh, I'm going to go freshen my drink. If you guys want to take the first track, I'll be right back. All right, Scott, since you are the guest, why don't you start off with the with uh, the first track, Victim of Changes. Uh, dude, <clears throat> this song, the, this album in a whole, but this song is the, is, 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 is the song that just comes out. It grabs a hold of you and says, let me set you down, get you a little relaxed, get you into the groove, and it, it's just overly inviting. You understand what I'm saying? Um it's overly inviting, and, and, and right there about that four-minute mark is when they, you know, they do that tempo change, and they take it down, and then, you know, right there, they just come back, and they grab a hold of you, and they say, hey, man, it's time to go, and they just pick you right back up and just sling you back out there. I agree. Uh, I absolutely love it. I don't know if this is the best opener, though. I, I almost feel like, you know, this should close the album. It's so epic. Uh but it, it's amazing. One of the greatest metal songs of all time. And, I, I mean, of course, the version that everybody knows and loves is the Unleashed in the East version. But I still love this one, too. And this was put together by uh, two different songs. One that they did with their previous singer, Al Atkins, and one that uh, Rob Hoffer brought from his previous band, Hiroshima. They mixed them together, and it became victim of changes do you and know, it's do you know what part was from hiroshima because i didn't know this story yeah uh fuck i think what, the, the mellow part i'm not sure i know the judas priest song was like whiskey woman and then um so that might have been the heavier part maybe the slower part came from hiroshima okay uh, 
I can't remember what the name of the Hiroshima song was. But, um, but yeah, basically they mixed these two together. And that's why Al Atkins has the writing credit. You know, uh, he didn't write it as this, but he was part of what it became. And that's why he has the credit. And, I, I mean, there's not much more you can say. It is one of the greatest songs of all time. I'll put it up against any fucking band. Led Zeppelin, fucking Sabbath, anybody. I dare somebody to come up with a song as perfect as Victim of Changes. It's just mind-blowing. But, uh, again, I don't know if I would have opened the album with it. I, I think I'd rather see it as a closer. But, uh, you know, you, you can't bitch because it's flawless. What do you think, Ralph? I don't think it's a bad opener. But, yeah, if you ask me, uh, what open side two would probably have been a better side one. Uh, but I love it. I love the little... That little metal section that they kind of like omit from the live version where it's like, when she was mine. You hear that little vocal in the background? Uh, I, I love that whole thing. And then Ripper brought that part back. And then Rob Alford now does that live. When they do right. it, they, he stays true to the original. Much like how they slowed down uh, Diamonds and Rust during the Ripper era, and then when Alfred came back, they kept it slow. Exactly. Well, they kept it the Joan Baez version. You know, Correct. Because, uh, which I don't like that. I mean, I love it. I love that they do it, but come on, man. Do it Do it the Judas Priest way. That's what people know and love. But, you know, um, either way, uh, yeah, um, Victim of Changes is like the, 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 definitely the best song on the album, hands down. And, yeah, Up There is one of the greatest, you know, it's between this and Beyond the Realms of Death is the greatest Judas Priest songs ever, like, as far as epic Stairway to Heaven-ish type epicness, uh, I put this up there as, like, yeah, if I was to put uh, the greatest Judas Priest song, this may be the first, this may be number one. Yeah, why not? Scott, you ready to talk about Victim? Yes. All right, so Scott, Scott, uh, tell us what you think of Ripper. Track two. Um, knowing the version, see, that's the hard part because you, I grew up with a different version of it. Yeah, so did I. You know, you know, and and I love the song. I love what they do here, but I hate that it's the the one song that's known from the album. You know, there's so much good stuff here, and anytime you say something, it's the first song anyone mentions. All right, so so what? You you'd rather you're not really a big fan of Ripper. You just prefer the Unleashed in the East version. Is that what you're saying? I like the version of it. I just think there was. I think there's better songs on this album. Okay, right, uh, fair enough. For it to be for for it to be the only two songs you know from this album are Victim and Change and the Ripper. Ripper being the number one that everybody knows from it. There, there's you know, the whole album has such really good intensity and good songs to it. I like, you know, I think there should be, people should know other songs than just the Ripper from this album. Well, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, these are the two most popular tunes off the album. The only two songs that they played live since, I don't know what, Unleashed in the Eat after, no, no, actually, Screamer for Vengeance is when they retired uh, Tyrant and Genocide, uh, which were the two songs that made it up to that point, and they kept uh, Ripper... But, you know, dude, I got to tell you, man, Ripper is another one of those songs that I have to put up there in the top five of Greatest Judas Priest. 
Uh, I, I like it more than any song on this album, but uh, but but uh, victim of changes. But you'll hear what I, I feel about those other songs. Not taking away anything from those other songs, but something about Ripper, bro. That fucking riff, the lyrics, the fucking vibe, the the vocal performance, and it's just evil about Jack the Ripper, and uh, that little riff in the middle. You know, the little build up. Well, this song, this song also took a different meaning for me as well. Uh, been getting into H. H. Holmes. Um, not sure if you know H. H. Holmes is, but um, there's circumstantial evidence proving that he was Jack the Ripper uh, down the handwritings. So it's actually taken a, a different, you know, um, for me at the time. Oh, so so what? Um... Judas Priest thought it was just some dude called Jack. <laughs> well, I figured to me the song was that what you know it's about Jack, Jack the Ripper, and yeah. now finding that they made. Dude, the it's guy, my side of it. The the real Jack the Ripper was David Warner. Yes, time uh, after time. That's Jack the no, Ripper, nobody, dude. Forget your fairy tale. What a great title too, The Ripper, instead of Jack the Ripper, the predictable. The Ripper. Fuck yeah. Goddamn priest fucking rules. The Ripper. Tell us about The Ripper. All right. Uh, I love The Ripper. And, you know, I, I see Scott believes it's H.H. Holmes. Uh, I actually have a lot of circumstantial evidence that points to uh, Chris Holmes. Yeah. From Wasp as being Jack the Ripper. That's why he moved uh, closer to England. That's right. He's, he's creeping his way over there. Uh, he, he's a mean motherfucking man. He's That's a Mantronic. <laughs> I love it. It is my second favorite song on the album. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was the, the the first and only single off the album. This was released as a single back with uh, Island of Domination. Oh, Island of Domination was the B-side? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yes. yes. Uh... And I absolutely love this song in every version. I love this version. I love the the Unleashed in the East version. And I really like the story. If you've ever seen the Metalworks home video that they released, when at the same time they released that compilation, they have Rick Savage, the bass player from Death Leopard, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I remember seeing it in a club. Yeah, and he, he says being outside, he hadn't even got in yet, and he just heard this scary fucking riff that was like, Ooh, what the fuck is this? And then as he's walking in, you know, he would soon realize it was the Ripper. You know, and that just like, wow, what is this, you know, strange sound that I'm hearing? The Ripper. And, yeah, a perfect fucking song. A perfect title. The Ripper. Yeah. That's the greatest metal title ever. The Ripper. Yeah, it's much better than uh, the original version. Uh, well, what they were going to call it was... Scott thinks it's H.H. Holmes. Ian says it's Chris Holmes. But we're just going to call this shit The Ripper. Uh, didn't flow off the tongue like The Ripper did. Well, they, they actually, almost... I thought it was... Oh, go ahead. I thought it might have been a night of his in the uh, uh, in the, in the gay house, and he just got a little uh, backed up. Oh, there oh you go. mean like The Ripper, like ripping the asshole? <laughs> that, what happens at those truck stops you stop at there, Scott? Occasionally it happens, man. Oh man, uh, it's a, it's amazing you can sit. <laughs> but uh, I I love this fucking song. 
absolutely amazing and uh, quintessential priest track. This does this this definitely got to be top five, uh, definitely top ten, could be in the top five. Fuck all yeah, the time. top five for me, bro. I, I I fucking love this song. Uh, Ralph, why don't you go in more depth of why you love the Rippers? The so Ripper. Much. I already talked about it, but I do want to say like a couple of little things like. In for a surprise. You're in for a shot. Ah! Shaka! That, that, that shit's awesome, dude. That's unorthodox. You know, and it starts with, dude, that, Hoffer's voice with those eerie riffs. And then it goes into the pummeling. Oh, fuck. Dude, come on. We're in. How can it not be in your top five? It's gotta be up there. Scott, ease up on the weed, my brother. And you will find out that it is up there. It's one of the greatest Judas Priest songs ever. You know why? Well, I didn't say it wasn't. No, but, no, honestly, dude, it's called The Ripper. <laughs> All right, Scott, take the next song, which is Dream Deceiver. I don't have this shit near me, bro. I'm winging it. I have no notes. I know I know this album in order, I think. The Ripper. I mean, uh... <laughs> Uh, dream Deceiver. Dream, dream Deceiver. Go ahead, Scott. Um, see, I look, I, I look at it a little different than everybody else. For me, it's about the song is you know really laid back. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I like to uh, I like to uh, spark one up, kick back, and just listen to. It's relaxing. But you know, back to the song. You know, the the cool part about the song that I really enjoy is the solo work done on this album on, oh, on the song yeah. itself. Oh fuck yeah! Dude, the, the, the impact that they're making, um, dude, they're bouncing off each other, they're playing with one another, and they're just feeding each other. And you can tell in the song that, you know, this isn't something where they sat down and they said, hey, man, uh, i got to figure out what to do in this part. You know, they, they it, it seems as if it came so natural. Right. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, that's another thing. A great thing about this song, too, is that solo. Uh, Ian, what do you think of Dream Deceiver? Well, uh... Speaking of comes naturally, Ralph's mother. Oh, um, first mention <laughs> of my mama. Oh, I love when you mention my mama, bro. Yeah, so does she. Uh, I love this song. It's it, you know it's seventies prog rock. It, it's it's different than the albums that you know would come after it. But you know this fits great on here. It would have fit great on Rockarola. It it's definitely a, a different take for them. But on this album. It totally fits, and it fits. It fits seventies metal. I mean, there, there's stuff on here that is so of the time, and then there's stuff that's from the fucking future. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, the, the the heaviness and the fastness is definitely something new, but the the you know the the chugging power, you know, you've heard before with with Black Sabbath, but this is like a mixture of like Black Sabbath and Uriah Heep, and you know, other metal bands of the time. And it fits perfect on this. I don't think this, other than rock and roll, this would stick out like a sore thumb on any other priest album. But here, it makes perfect sense, and I love it. That's Ralph? awesome. You, you, uh, you know, if you go on YouTube and you punch in Judas Priest, uh, Dream, Dreamer Deceiver, there's a, it's, it's an actual documentary uh, called Dreamer Deceiver, which is uh, about the. Yeah, the, I have that. Yeah, the court case. It was originally aired in the 80s on uh, PBS. Yes. And I, re I recorded it back then on my VHS 
machine. Anyway, um, yeah, and you know the well, the guy that blew his face, that James guy who yeah. lived, he, yeah. since he died. Yeah. He recited the lyrics to this because it meant so much to him. You know, this is one of those songs, and I identified so much to it that I myself I got a pistol. Well, actually, it was a rifle. And while I was listening to Dream Deceiver, I put the rifle in my mouth. I was about to blow my brains out and shit. I clicked and. For some reason, I mean, it was straight in my mouth, and the bullet went sideways. It was weird. <laughs> Listen, so, uh, so, no, no, wait, I'm not done with Dream Deceiver. It's a beautiful song, a great fucking song, a song that I would fucking love to see them do this shit live. And you know, if you're going to do this shit live, you got to do it with Deceiver. The following track, which, probably the most underrated track on the album, the one that nobody really talks about. Is that song is fucking badass. And what's really awesome is that there is footage of Judas Priest during that time where KK looked like a cool ass pimp with that pimp hat. Yeah. Rob Hoff with long ass hair. And uh and and Ian Hill doing the same moves. It's amazing to see this <laughs> shit. And uh Deceiver fucking rule forever! What a fucking badass song. One of my favorites off here, too. Uh, God, no, you know what, man? It's like every song on here is fucking choice. There's one song that I'm a little am about. Kind of sticks out like a sore thumb. I know oh, yeah. I know you guys know which one that is. But other than that, like, it's so top-notch, you know? It's like, this would have made an amazing debut album, bro. If they could have just held off a little bit. And release this one first. And I don't mind if Rock and Rolla would have been second. I would love Rock and Rolla to be released. Because, you know, life without Rock and Rolla wouldn't be cool for me, man. Anyway, I love Deceiver. I love Dream Deceiver. And I love Ian's mom. Hello. She's a Deceiver. <laughs> Alright, so uh, Scott Green. What did you think of the song Deceiver? I like the songs. Deceiver. Um, I, I think it's got a lot of good components. Uh, you know, the building of it. Um, the vocals are spot on. Um, once again, what can you say about the guitar playing? It's, it's amazing. Um, the drumming. I, I overall, I dig the fuck out of the song. Awesome song, Ian. Uh, I love it. I think this is the one song on the album that, like, truly captures what you would know for the rest of the decade is Judas Priest. Like, this is, you know, true 70s. So when you think of stuff like Sin After Sin and, uh, you know, Killing Machine or, you know... Um, Stay Class. You know, Stay Class, yeah, shit like that. Uh, Hellbent for Leather, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this has that sound. Like, this, this is the shit you're going to hear from now on. And where there's other songs out here that take little detours that are a little bit different... This is quintessentially 70s priest sound on Deceiver. Amazing song. Love it. Hell yeah. Flip that album over, Ian. Alright, I'm gonna flip that over album over, and then here we go to uh Wow, this is kind of an oddity. Uh it's called Prelude. And it's an oddly placed instrumental to me. Like maybe I could see this opening up the album. That's what I was saying earlier. This would have been a great way to open the album. Because 
you put it on, you're like, okay, what is this? You know, you're not sure. It's kind of like a surprise attack. Because it's piano and shit. You're not, ah, this ain't metal. And then, bam, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, I, I don't hate it by any means. Uh, I, I dig it. It's just oddly placed. And the funny thing is when the piano comes on, it's like all of a sudden I thought it was Badfinger. It's like, if you want it, here it is. Come and get it. It sounds like if you hear the piano at the beginning, it sounds like fucking Badfinger. Right. And then, you know, and then it changes. But, I mean, I I like the song. It's just like weird. Like, like I wonder who picked the order. You know, did the band pick the order? Did the record label pick the order? Did like it doesn't seem like an obvious intro to the next song, like the way you know the Hellion is to Electric Eye. Yeah, but then yeah. again, you know what, Ian? I would say that maybe the band did okay this because to this day, Rob Halford points to this album as the best Judas Priest album. I don't think right. he would say that if the record company did shit he didn't like, you know, to it. Right, but I, I, I think. You know, and I can't speak for Rob Halford, but, you know, I, I think when, when they say, like, this is their favorite, I, I truly think that's because this is when they became Judas Priest. You know, we talked about this earlier, but this is when the real, yeah, the real priest sound, you know, came into play and they found out who they were. You know, you know, before, you know, it's like, okay, Halford joined from this band, you know, a couple other guys joined and now we're feeling each other out. And this is the album where they feel each other up. And it just fucking rocks, and uh, but I do like Prelude. I don't. I don't think it's a bad track. What do you think, Scott? Uh, I think that explains why uh, Halford liked this uh, album the most because everybody got to feel him up. Um, oh, but, whoa, <laughs> I, I do. Hey. Oh, oh, obligatory <laughs> gay joke on a Judas Priest episode. Didn't see that coming. Thank God we're not on any authority anymore. Yeah. We'd be we'd be banned because yeah. of Scott here. Yeah, hey, hey, Scott, clean it up a little. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Scott, stop being so cutting edge. All right, well, tell us what I, you I, think of the song, Dice Clay. <laughs> I can on, I can honestly say that if any, if nobody's ever listened to this album, if you in your life have been so sad that you've never got to hear this album, I would honestly say start from track five and start it there. Um, I agree with you guys. This would have been a great opening for the album. Why? Because it goes into Tyrant's snow. Right. Fuck yeah, Tyrant. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go into Tyrant. I, I, as far as the intro, to me, it's like reviewing the Hellion Electric Eye. I do love the little, um, that little intro. It's, it, it, to me, I don't know, man. It, it's, it gives that, that not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That naive charm to a band that's finding their way and they figure look let's do something you know a little classical you know because jesus priest wasn't really they didn't really find their feet i think what happened was like once this album was done and they listened back there they're like holy fuck bro let's let's stay here let's stay like this and you didn't really hear any more piano like this i think here and there they dabbled a little bit on uh was it Angel Retribution piano? Yeah, I think uh, there was a piano piece at the end of Angel, right before Lochness, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Ugh. anyway, my point is, uh, uh, it goes into Tyrant. Now, 
this is the weird thing. The first time I heard Tyrant, since I'm so used to the Unleashed and the East version, I did like the studio version the first time I heard it because I thought it was so cool how you hear that. Tyrant! Capture of humanity! Tyrant! Capture of... And that's not in the live version. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I love that. Tyrant! <laughs> I, I, I picture, like, guys in, like dressed like monks with, you know, hoods on their heads, you know? Like, yeah. looking at their eyes are glowing and they're like, Tyrant! Tyrant! Captor of humanity! Tyrant! Tyrant! <laughs> I'll come, I'll come, I got a spinal, a spinal tap visual out of that. There you go. Yeah, it's awesome, man, <laughs> and, and, and I love spinal tap, but, um, yeah, Judas Priest to me, dude, is like, seriously, they, they definitely in my top five favorite band of all time, they're so amazing, and this is, this, this song, when I heard this in the morning, when I was listening to Tyrant, that's when I was like, damn, dude, is really Stain Class my favorite album? Cause this is a song that really kind of like woke me up. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is better than Stain Class. I mean, there's certain elements of Stain Class I like more. Like Les Binks is playing, I like it more than Alan White. Was it? More. Alan Moore has. Or Finch or fuck, I don't know. Oh, Alan Moore, yeah. 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 Um, the very the, the really forgotten member of Judas Priest. Let me tell you. And um, but. Yeah, uh, this is another standout track on the album. I'd probably put that. Yeah, I put this up on my like my time, my favorite four. Uh, Tyrant fucking rules. What a great, great song. And you know, the Unleashed in these versions, no slouch. That shit smokes as well. Uh, what do you think of Tyrant? Ian? Oh man, I mean, this is this is priest through and through. Tyrant. Yeah, oh man, and I love that about this version. You're absolutely right. Uh, it adds a little something to it. But then, you know, also, you know, on the Unleashed in the East, there's something about the live or the studio live version that has the aggression. But it, this is just perfect. Like, if you don't like this song, you don't like Priest. <laughs> you know, I mean, cut and dry right there. If you don't like this song, then you don't get what Judas Priest is all about because this is Priest through and fucking through. Um, I believe it was uh, Glenn Tipton said that uh, Rob wrote this, you know, as, uh, you know, bitching against any tyrant or anybody trying to tell society what to do or how to be. And if you kind of like, you know, what everybody knows about Rob now, you can kind of see that because he probably felt like he was somebody living amongst tyrants telling him how he had to be and this was him rebelling against that. And, and it makes me love it even more because... He is the fucking metal god, and he should be able to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Or anybody should be able to do what the fuck they want to do, as long as they don't hurt anybody. You know? Fuck tyrants. Fuck anybody telling you what you can do. Live your life. Be free. Don't hurt people. Have fun. Love this song. Alright, Scott? Uh, I fully agree, man. And when I said earlier, you know, that there was better songs on this album than The River... This is one. This is this song. The the guitar playing in this song, to me, um, is is amazing. Uh, I do think that these two songs. I I honestly think that this whole side of the album should have been the first side of the album. Interesting. Yeah. You know. You may. I, I, like I said, dude. I think this should have opened the album. These first two songs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you when it comes to that. All right, uh, Scott, you want to take the next two? 
Uh, Genocide. Um, it's one of the it's one of my favorite songs off the album. Um, it starts out as you know any any common song. You know, it, it's just you know it's got its basic start, but it, 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 the the power the the power that comes out of Halpert's voice is I to me this is one of my favorite performances by Halpert. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you know by far and. I'm, I'm going to keep beating on the guitar issue because that's where I go and that's what's important. You know, it's important to me, you know, that the, the guitar playing be, you know, excellent. And there has not been anything that hasn't been excellent on this whole album between the two. Um, but I really honestly think that Halford stands out here. Um, you can feel that there's, a, you know, oh, there's something there with him. Nice. Help me, my people have died. Total genocide. That shit's so badass. What do you think, Ian? Alright, well, I'm gonna keep beating on your mother because she's into that. Uh, I love this song. Uh, this one, I think, is really interesting on the album because it's classic, you, you know, uh, and current at the same time, and it's also a little bit of the future. You know, this, this song's like... How's this song with the future, though? Well, I'm saying this song kind of dictates where metal was gonna go. No, but you didn't understand what I meant. Oh yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm drinking. Anyway. Um, huh? <laughs> I, I was trying to do the whistle before. You got me. Yeah. Uh, I'm the champion. I'm whistle. The whistling these nuts. Yeah, you ain't hey, just whistling Dixie. You're just whistling Dix. Hey, hey, Scott. You know that girl on Facebook, Heidi? Scott? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I know her. Yeah, you, you, you know something funny about Heidi? Heidi's nuts. What's that? She hides these nuts in her mouth. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta like a girl like that. Hey. Yes. Scott, you like dragons? <laughs> Do you? Oh, my God. Yes! Are you, are you to dragons, Scott? No, I can't. No, no, no I can't stand them. Okay, well, let me tell you something. I'll make you love dragons when I drag these nuts across your face. <laughs> all righty. All right, Genesis. Oh, my God. And uh, uh, why, why am I keeping this show? <laughs> oh, man. I'll keep quiet. We're going to get fired. Yeah, exactly. Because of the five listeners we bring. Uh, yeah, hey, me, we, me, Ian, and three other dudes. Yeah. Hey, and we brought you Mike Tyler, so you should be thankful for that. Hey, yeah, Mike Tyler ruled. But anyway, back to genocide. Uh, what I was saying with this is, like I said, it's classic, current, and the future all in one song. Uh, it, it would sound right at home in any 70s metal album, but it's also there's a little something new there that everybody else would leech off of. I mean, so, you know, you look at any of the new wave of British heavy metal, if there's any band they stole from, I think they stole from Judas Priest more than Black Sabbath even. Big time. You know, because because not only did you have, you know, the heaviness, but the speed that you got. You know, and you also got speed from Motorhead. But I think if you listen to the new wave of British heavy metal, if there's one band like, oh, I hear this, I hear, it's, it's Judas Priest. And I hear that in Genocide. I absolutely love it. And uh, Ralphie Boy. Why don't you go into the next song? Because I want to hear what you have to say about this. Epitaph, right? Epitaph. Man, I hated this song as a kid. Hated it. I was like, what is it? 
It's so it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like, ugh. What I I would skip Epitaph every time I played it back when I was dumb. I like it now. I still think it doesn't belong on the album, to tell you the truth. It is not a great, great song. It doesn't really stand up to the rest of the album. But it does have a certain charm to it, like that naive charm I was talking about earlier about the intro. Uh, what was the intro called again? Prelude. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, kind of like, I don't know. It, it's Again, it's a band finding their way. And um, I just find it to be a real odd song. I like it now, but I still don't love it. But it is a good song. I, I, I like the charm of a band that I love so much now. Finding their way and hearing something like this. It's, I guess, you know, their way of saying, look, let's put on something soft. Because we're, this album's just too heavy. And, um, but, you know, it's not bad. You know, it's just my least favorite song. And it has grown on me where in the past I, I considered it the worst Judas Priest song ever at one point. But that was before I heard those horrible bonus tracks they put on all the albums when they remember. <laughs> uh, Scott, what do you think of Epitaph? Well, let me ask you this, man. Are you a Queen fan at all? I love Queen. That might be why you like this song now, because if you really listen to this song, you can hear Freddie Mercury singing this song. Right. Uh, well, you guys both brought up a lot of points that I agree with. Um, Except I disagree on the placement because I think the place for this is on the cutting room floor. Uh, God damn. Does it sound like Queen? Can I imagine Freddie Mercury singing this? Yes, that's probably why I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge Queen fan. Though, I do respect Queen. Oh, God. Um, but I will say this, uh, you know, and, and Ralph touched on this. It does grow on me. You know, it's, when I was listening to it today, when I listened to the album over and over as a whole, by the third time, I was like, okay, it's not that bad. But it does stick out like a sore thumb. And the, the lyrics from what I read, they were written about um, how man was overgrowing his space and there wasn't enough room for people in the world and even that bored me like most of the song like oh what a horrible topic when you have songs about jack the ripper and genocide and tyrants you know it's just like the ripper the ripper but um yeah yeah definitely definitely and i would almost say it would have to be everybody's least favorite maybe i'm wrong but uh it, it is growing on me. It happened like about a month ago. I was listening to my, you know, on my phone. I've got like fucking a thousand albums on my phone. And I put everything in shuffle. And this song came after something like a real good heavy metal song. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, it's like one of those, uh, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, listen to Epitaph. You know, because you know, it's just like, what the fuck is with? Hold on, let me grab my phone and hit skip. This is fucking terrible. But I do like it a little better now. And I do appreciate that it is of the time. You know, you're not going to hear a song like this on any of the 80s um, Judas Priest albums or the 90s even. But they did make 
an album that sounded where every song sounded like this that was called Nostradamus. Um, but uh, yeah, not a huge fan, but you you have to keep in, in mind when this album came out, 1976. Okay, and if you keep that in mind, if you're old enough to appreciate eras of music, it's not as far-fetched as if you just now got into Priest and you're listening to Painkiller, and then you put this on, you're like, what the fuck? It makes much more sense in 1976 than it does in 2015. Um, but yeah, definitely my least favorite. So, Ralph, why don't you take the last song here? God damn, do I love this one. This may be the deepest track. Was played live back in the early days. Island of Domination. This is the one track where it's like, yeah, this is a little bit of Rob Hoffer sneaking in a little like, hey, I'm gay, but you guys can't really tell. Uh, love this song. Love how it bleeds in uh, it, uh, from uh, from Epitaph with that riff. Like, and then the high screaming and oh my God. And the, and the, the verses on this song, you know. The court. Now you approach it into the island of domination, and that last scream, how it ends with the echo effect. Beautiful way to end the album. Uh, island of domination, definitely a great track. Like I said, this, you know, even uh, even epitaph, man. As much as I think it's a sore thumb, and I used to not like it, now I do, and I feel this is a zero filler album. I can't really say that about pretty much every Trudis Priest album. There's a handful. I'd say maybe two or three albums that Judas Priest released that I feel like every song is good. But not many. And this is definitely one of the rare ones where it's no filler. Uh, what do you think of Island of Domination, Scott? Well, I think of uh, <clears throat> after listening to Ian's uh, description of the last song, um, how you know everything how it grew on him and got in his hole um <laughs> i think he could live in a truck stop no problem yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly um i i thought it was a great way to end the album it's a pinnacle song for it, it's all the way around a pinnacle song for uh priest halford um i think this is where he actually figured out what he was going to do this is this is his 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 point of no return his point of hey man i'm about to kick you in the balls and that's all that's going to happen from here on out it's his point of entry Woo! <laughs> yeah good 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 one there <laughs> depending on the way you want to take that in the yeah, truck stop yeah, the, the way ian <laughs> takes it so uh ian what do you think of this song oh man Th this is you know we talked earlier in the album about song placement and but this is a perfect ending for the album. It really is, you know. We debated about the Victim of Changes. I think Victim of Changes would have been a great maybe side two opener. But as far as entrance, I think this is an even better way to end the album than Victim of Changes. Oh yeah, definitely. This is absolutely perfect. Uh, I, I, did, uh, I did some research on the lyrics for this. And Glenn Tipton said, you know, this was kind of, uh, he had laughed at the question, but said, okay, this might be Rob getting, you know, some of his shit in. But then, you know, I found out that you can't always go, go by Wikipedia, so I went to some other shit to see if anybody else 
had anything to say about the lyrics for this song. And it turns out that uh, Rob Halford wrote this song about a dream. But it wasn't a dream he had. It was based on a dream that Justin Childers had. Oh. Yes, about being on an island where he was dominated oh. by very burly black bears. Ooh. Yes. Uh, with veiny cocks. That's kind of racist. Big veiny cocks. Uh, bears Bears see no color. They're colorblind. Yeah, the bears aren't racist, Doc. They oh, did. I was yeah, yeah. I was thinking more I was thinking more like Justin or, or uh, Judas Priest and Rob Halford's uh, <laughs> idea of bears. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Bear, bears don't care that he's from North Carolina. They'll fuck him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a great song, great traditional metal song, and that's you know, uh, you, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that all of us, our favorite era of metal is traditional metal. While we all appreciate different subgenres, there's nothing that hits us at that guttural level like traditional metal. And this is a traditional metal song. And man, just what a great album closer. And the, the foreground that Judas Priest had laid for every metal band that would come after them. And this album was released March 23rd, 1976. I was two years old when this album came out. I was four. I, I, actually, not even two. I, I hadn't quite made two yet. I was 11. There you go. It was produced by Jeffrey Cabot and uh, Max West and Judas Priest. It was their last album for um, for Gull Records. And part of like they they just said, hey, I mean, they were living off of, they got one meal a day. That was like the per diem. So they could choose to eat once a day. And the label wasn't doing a whole lot, so they said, fuck it. They, this album got them an offer from CBS. So they signed with CBS, but to break their contract, they had to relinquish all rights to the first two albums to Gold Records, who would release them over and over through the years. You know, there was a compilation called Hero Hero that you saw all the time in the 80s with, yeah. like, you know, the guy with the, with the, like, the... I don't know, almost like a shield and shit. You know, and it was the first two albums. and The best of Judas Priest, which I have on vinyl. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, so that's what they did to gain their freedom. And, and unfortunately, they gave away one of the best albums they ever did. Uh, and that's saying something, because they have so many great albums. Yeah, man, it's been like 30 years, and they still can't get it. No, no, I, I don't think they'll... Because that label does nothing so the what little bit they get is probably off of people discovering judas priest and going back and buying these albums right so they still make i'm sure they still make a good amount of money if they just keep repressing right more, more than any other artist in their catalog i would imagine yeah i'm sure i'm sure whoever the fuck because i've never i don't own anything from well, any what, 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 what's funny is in the states the first two albums were released on tamla which was a subsidiary of motown Really? Yeah, so they, they were signed to a black label in the U.S. So they, they didn't get a lot of promotion over here. You know, I, you didn't... I own, I own actually the two, uh, Rockerola. I have yeah. Rockerola, I have Sad Wings, and I have the Best of Judas Priest all on Gaul Records. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, those are, those are the European pressings. Yes, and uh, the Best of Judas Priest brings Diamonds and Rust. 
which was recorded during the Gull uh, sessions. Yes, and also Gull re-released. It's funny because it was recorded during these sessions, but on the last set of remasters that they put out, it's a bonus track on Rockarola. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. So, yeah, I have the Rock... That's another thing. In 1996, Gull Records released Rockarola on CD, a new version that brought Diamonds and Rust in the original bottle top album cover. Right, which is since you can't get any more again. Oh, really? Yeah, no, uh, Coca-Cola uh, stopped that. You know, they, they put a stop on it, much like uh, the first Black Label Society you can't get because it looks too much like Johnny Walker. Oh, shit, so, I got that too. Yeah, oh, yeah, if you got that, that's worth some money. And my, my best friend bought it, and I didn't at the time, and I wish I would have because you can't get that no more. I have the one that doesn't have no more tears. Right, right, yeah, you can't get that anymore. Wow. Yeah, I have that. That's, uh... I could be wrong, but I think that came with a guitar pick. Uh, that I, that I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I still I have that, and then I have the other version that brings no more tears, the Zach Wild version. Right. Um, oh, interesting. I did not know. I know they re they they brought it back out, but I didn't know it was yeah. part of that. Yeah. No, they had it. It was an injunction by Johnny Walker. Yeah. No shit. Learn something every day, right, Scott? Yeah, I didn't know about that. I kind of always thought about that with the Rock and Rolla, the album cover. I'm like, man, how did they never get sued by Coke? But I, apparently they did. Yeah, well, that's a, well, Coke didn't give a, <coughs> Coke didn't give a fuck until Priest got bigger, and then they had yeah. an objection to it. Yeah, you know? so that was, I mean, because I I bought Rock and Rolla like in the '80s. Right, but that's what it was like. Okay, you know, Priest got a little bit bigger, and then you had the whole like, okay, now there's a court case because kids killed themselves. And Coke is like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, wow. It was even yeah. that, that late into the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're like, oh, we don't want anything to do with this. Because I know? do remember buying Rockarola as an import in the 80s. Well, well, well they, did, they did change it. Initially, it was changed just to look more metal. You know, because, you know, it wasn't very metal, you know, the bottle cap with the Rockarola. But when Coke really got pissed, I believe, was after the court case. Like, oh, yeah, we want nothing to do with these assholes. They make you kill yourself, you know. Yeah, there, there, there's an interview where Rob Halford, like, is talking. Like Rob Halford says, "I'm proud of every Judas Priest thing. I'm proud of everything we've done." And then he goes, "Put that bottle cap, man. Oh God." Oh but, yeah. Well, there's also I, I read uh, when they were touring for this album, Rob Halford would come out and tell the audience to throw away their copy of Rockarola. Did he? Yeah, like would talk against it. Like, ah, not this is Judas Priest. That's not Judas Priest. Oh, well, he, he sends cha changes, too, because in this yeah. interview, he was glowing how much he loved Rockerella, and especially the song Run of the Mill. Oh, I, I'm sure as you get older and you look yeah. back on it with more nostalgia, but when you look at even though, you know, we both agree we love Rockerella, I, yeah. man, the title track alone is a favorite of mine. Never uh, satisfied, man. Oh, yeah. Dying to meet you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a great, it's just a great fucking album. Right. But it is it is different than what they would become, you know. I yeah, I just wish it would have been like their second, third album. Right, and I, I think it's like a case like you know you want to get rid of all the Terrence episodes because you don't want somebody to listen to that first and think that's what we are. Yeah. I don't I don't think Judas Priest wanted people to listen to that and think, oh, this is Judas Priest, you know. And you know, and I and I am compiling the best of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, where I'm happy to say I'm finally past all these Terrence episodes. 
Let me tell you, god damn, man. It wasn't, you know, I'm not even going to blame Terrence on everything. We were really finding our way. We were so rock and roll. Oh, yeah. We were really finding our way because we were kind of, we we did have our moments, we, you know, but oh, yeah. for the most part, we were like, you know, it was a little amateur hour. Well, I, I still wish they were gone. I, I tried to do that with uh, when I was visiting the famous Bill Wang in San Francisco. He's like, look, I'm going to tell you straight up. He goes, I've never been able to make it through a Terrence episode. So I was like, oh, dude, you got to hear the Elder, the Elder episode. And it is one of our biggest episodes. I was like, that, it's so amazing. I'm like, you got to hear it. But then listening to it, like just us sitting there listening to it, it got so bogged down. It's like, while there was moments of genius, like it took a while to get there. To where like now, thanks to Scott Green, you just get there. Yeah, what are you talking great. about? I'm feeling like I'm feeling like Terrence here today. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've done great. Nobody's gonna say, "Oh, I hate that Scott Green guy." Yeah, Scott. Not once did uh, you say, "Now I'm gonna school your asses." Right. Yeah. No. No. I'm not here to school nobody. Just give my opinion, and and, and you know support you guys because and and it's like you said, man. Your first episode. You know what? You, you every everybody goes through that change to where they got to find the seat that they sit in, and you guys have definitely done that. Um, and I think you guys, I've heard a few Terrence episodes and nothing against the guy, man. I don't know him, so I'm not going to badmouth him. But you guys have moved on and let the uh, ship sail in the right direction. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the main reason I'm opposed to Terrence episodes being up is that if somebody wanted to check us out for the first time and they'd put on, let's say, like Among the Living and they go, man, this is horrible and never listen to future episodes without Terrence, then nobody will really know like it's it's like if somebody was to judge us uh on the first uh, like if you were if one guy listened to the first saxon album and never bothered to listen to wheels of steel you know what i mean well, that's well, the I, only reason i'm against those episodes being up i i did like though the worst review we ever got and it was on itunes the guy said he listened to the terrence episode and then he fast forward because he was hoping we got better and he said we still suck yeah well. <laughs> That, oh, was Ter- that was Terrence that wrote that. Yeah, that was Terrence's dad. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, Ter- me and Terrence are buds. But I'm not against the guy. I'm just saying those shows are... are I, I, I sat through them all. Yes, they have their moments. And some of them do show up on the best of. There are some clips. And there's even clips of Terrence that's going to be in the best of. You know. Oh, good, good. I'm happy about that. I'm happy about yeah, that. Yeah, well, of course. He's part of it. And he's part of the dialogue that was really good. That, right. you know, he wasn't really the star of the clips, but he's there in it. You can right. hear him. But, um, you know, this is going to be our 100th episode, the best of. When the 200th episode happens, you know, we're going to we're gonna carry on from from everything after this point. You know what I mean? Oh, I so agree. there's well, not going to well, be no well, Terrence well, in episode well, 200. Well, the, the 200 should be what happened between 101 and 199. Well, I yeah. don't know. I don't know, dude. I mean, dude, believe it or not, I'm not even halfway done, and I think I almost have a show's worth shit. That's how, you know, there's... Because there's a lot of shit after Terrence left that's great. Well, oh, you know, uh, yeah. Just to give a little teaser out to people, um, like today, I... I you know, because everything I'm getting is hilarious. Like, real funny. But there was one thing that I, I'm going to add to it was the Twisted Sister episode where I talk about I Am On Me. I've had a lot of feedback from people telling me how they actually changed their lives because of what I said that song did to me. So it wasn't so much that song did it to them. 
It was my speech did it to these people, and I felt like that's this should be in the best of, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, Greg Barnes finally came out of the closet after that, you know. Yeah, exactly, so. and 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 uh, Terrence thought, uh, Terrence uh, wished that we lived after that. <laughs> so, all uh, right, so we're done with uh, Sad Wings of Destiny, correct? We, we we are done with this amazing album. So now's the point where you know we're gonna go into pick of the week, and Scott, our boss. Green, you are our honored guest. Do you have a pick of the week for our listeners? Uh, yeah, I do, and I have a pick of the pick of the year too with it. it oh. of this, there, um, <clears throat> I have not been able to I've not been able to get this album out of my head since 2014. Okay, and, and you guys are going to be like, what, what, what? But there's a band called Circle of Indifference, and uh, what they what, have this what, album, what? Circle of Indifference. What? 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 What are you talking about, man? Um, if you can get this album, man, Circle of Indifference, Shadow of Light, I'm going to tell you what, this is one of the best albums. I've, I've, I've jammed this album all year, and it's definitely my pick of the week because it's been being played this week. All right, cool, man. So, Guys, and I, and, I, and I have heard you play that on, the, on that metal station. Yeah, I love that album, man. It's one of the greatest albums I've heard in a while. Nice. Well, obviously, you haven't heard the new Thrasher die up. Oh, yeah. What's up um, with that? Well, hey. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stroke Ralph's balls any more than he wants me to. Good. Not, well, dude, you haven't done it enough, if you ask me. It's never enough. <laughs> never enough. Never satisfied. This Ralph. All right, Ian, you got one? Yeah, I got one that kind of fits in with what we're talking about, and I'm going to go to 70s metal. And a band very underrated. Uh, they're definitely known more in Europe than they are here. And the people that do know them here, it's usually because of Metallica. But that is Buggy. And uh, they're awesome. Buggy. Yes. In for the kill. You mean Budgie. Is it Budgie? Is that how you pronounce it? It's Buggy. <laughs> the red Buggy bumper with the Buggy. Oh. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh, Herbie the love bug. <laughs> yeah, it's Budgie. Budgie, okay, however you pronounce it. Great I, band, great band. I love this band. This is one I went back and listened to a lot of their albums. Kind of very original. Original, but I, I hear elements of Sabbath. I hear elements of Rush. Yeah, I hear, it's a mishmash. Yeah, but very very good, very original. Uh, a lot of people, in, especially in the States, will know them as they're the ones that originated Crash, uh, crash Course and Brain Surgery. That's yeah. on the garage days re revisited and that is on this album but there's a ton of other tracks that are just as fucking good and you know i would say check out in for the kill and if you like that check out their their, their past catalog uh they were very active in the 70s into the early 80s i believe they're back together now and they've done a few reunion albums those i'm not as familiar with but the 70s and early 80s albums you can't go wrong with very very good if, if you like 70s metal you're gonna love this uh budgie budgie yeah, yeah good pick good pick I, I check it out budgie in for the kill is my pick of the week all right my pick of the week is what i consider the greatest sabbathy band ever uh, and that's orchid yes i love orchid and uh my pick is their album called capricorn yes which uh features such great songs like that, that epic albatross, electric father, 
down into the earth. He who walks alone, you know, cap the, the title track, Black Funeral. It's a great, great Sabbathy. If you love Sabbath, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, ah, it sounds too much like Sabbath. Yeah, it does, but they do it in a unique way. It still sounds like fucking Sabbath. But they, dude, it's like you listen to this shit, it's like, wow, bro. This is Black Sabbath. It sounds like if this could be a Black Sabbath album. Yeah, and it sounds better than 13. Well, shit. Everything sounds better well, than 13. Well, I, I, Ralph, you made me so happy with this pick because this is a band, along with uh, Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats, that I've been pushing for a long time, and I've only got a few people to buy that. And I'm hoping now that you say it, that people will chat. Mike Sears loves this band. And I was so disappointed when I went to San Francisco because they're from San Francisco that they weren't playing any gigs. And I even asked him, I'm like, dude, have you checked this band out? They're from your hometown. He's like, no, I've never heard of them. I'm like, dude. I mean, they they are fucking amazing. And yes, they do sound like Sabbath, but you're absolutely right. They do it right. I think they do it respectfully. And and not only that, it's, it's right. it doesn't sound like plagiarism to me. Um... That is my pick of the week, so um, what do you right. want to do? Uh, fan of the week? Yeah, we got to go into fan of the week. And this is, uh, man, a very important guy on, on the Facebook page. It's Tim Vigen? Vegan? Vigi, Vagi, Boogie, Vagi? I know who you're talking about. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he's he's from like the Netherlands or Holland yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went on his page to, you know, and like, where's this guy from? Because like, Hell Nostra Nova or something like, is, is that a, is that a made up word? <laughs> but then I then I saw he likes soccer, so I'm like, okay, you're definitely from Europe. Uh, but this guy is very important on the page. Posts a lot of shit. That's what we ask for. We have so many people join the page. I think we're creeping up on two thousand. But, uh, you know, not everybody's there every day. This is a guy who is. And we appreciate it. And Tim Viggy Vagen, you are our fan of the week. Thank you, brother. Awesome, dude. As usual, check out that metal station where you can hear us Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, while you're on that metal station, check out DJ uh, Mike Tyler who's got two shows, a total thrash show on Tuesdays and an all-encompassing metal show on Fridays. Check it. Go to that metal station for time and listings. Uh, also, that metal station is looking for DJs. Uh, man, and Mike Tyler started out as a fan of our show that uh, now he's doing amazing. You can do this, too. Get in touch with Scott Green at that metal station or on Facebook, Scott Green. Check it out because you could be the next Mike Tyler and you could be an awesome fucking DJ. If this is your passion, do it. And check us out on Podbean, podbean.com, where you can find all the links to everything we do. More importantly, the Amazon link. Go on there. Whatever you want to buy, use our Amazon link and you can buy whatever. It will take you to like metal and CDs. But once you go on there, you can go to whatever. If you want to buy a fucking dildo, you buy a dildo. But using our link, and I get a kickback, and I appreciate it. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And while you're on the Podbean page, 
There's also links to the YouTube page, which is back in full effect. Ralph has put up so many new episodes. And another way to enjoy some of your favorite episodes, the way Ralph, if you've ever seen Ralph's reviews and Ralph's videos, this is that I'm fucking 10. Whatever album, whatever band we're talking about, it's videos, pictures from that era. Everything is in sync, ready to go. It's amazing. He put so much time into this. An episode you hear one of your favorites, go to the YouTube page and check it out because it's that much better. Also, if you're not on there, why not? Join the Facebook page. Send a request, I'll accept it, and let's get the party going. And check out a few shows that we believe in and also believe in us. Check out the Decibel Geek Podcast, The Rock Show with Gully and Joe, Mars Attacks, Podkist with the great Ken Mills, the Podfather. Uh, he also has a Cheap Trick podcast called Cheap Talk that is amazing. Check out History Science Theater. And, man, just support us. And go on iTunes, please. If you go on iTunes, hit subscribe. Leave a fucking five-star rating and a review. It really helps us take it to the next level. I can't stress that enough. We have so many listeners. This last month, we have blown the fuck up on iTunes. I want to see the reviews and the ratings reflect that. Please, it means everything to the show. All right, so uh, before we uh, call it a day and tell you the great uh, episode, uh, the great guest we're going to have next week, I want to say, Scott Green, uh, it, it has been a pleasure to have you on our show. You were very great. You were great, bro. Don't give a fuck what you think. I disagree with you on there. Uh, but you did great, and I want you to tell the people uh, about the great radio station that you run on here on the thatmetal.com. Oh, so, so you want me to do some plugs? All right, cool, man. First off, I'd like to plug my wife. Oh, wait a minute. You mean for the... Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. it, hey, I've been there. You don't want to do that. It's overrated. <laughs> um, uh, ThatMetalStation.com, man. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great DJs. Uh, schedules on the page, man. Um, we, 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 we're really particular about who we put on and who we have are really good. So, you know, check out everybody's shows, man. Um, Dr. Fuck on Thursdays. Um, always on there answering questions, dude. Uh, we just try to be uh, a different kind of radio station than everybody else, man. We want the fans involved. We want the people that listen to be involved. And, you know, that, uh, just want it to be a family, dude. Awesome, dude. Yeah, um, and you do surprise shows as well. Uh, from time to time, uh, from time to time, it pops up. Um, <laughs> more ways than one. But, uh, yeah, I'll do a show every now and then. But my shows are a lot different than everybody's, man, because I'll do... Uh, straight 80s hair metal shows and then yes! I'll turn around to straight death metal shows and uh, then I'll go back to the 70s man I, 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 I have a respect for all the music um, and but you know a lot of our shows you know are theme based like uh, you know your show in particular is you know it's sort of like a talk show yeah. um, with music yeah my you show know, um, my show is more of a I like to like have people be part of the show and run the show with me it's not like yeah, really exactly. the Dr. Fuck. It's like the Dr. Fuck show, but it's really Dr. Fucking Friends, where 
people come in the chat room, they ask questions, I read the questions on the air, we go back and forth, and it's a lot of fun. People seem to love it. Every, I notice every week the chat room gets more and more full. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to start paying for a bigger chat room soon. No, you can start paying me. You, you gotta start paying me, buddy. Oh, I'm, don't worry, man. Hopefully, I'm your golden by, by the time you hit your 200 show, I'll be able to pay everybody, and it'll be exclusive to the station. Right, no more man. podcast. And, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I can leave the dog and pony show finally. Ouch. Uh, anyways, but uh, <laughs> I, I love you guys, man. I really do. I, I thank you guys for being a part of this station, man. You don't know how much I appreciate you no, guys. No, no, we here. know, we know. I mean, I know. Ian, you know. No, well, no, no, no. I, I appreciate because here's the thing. You know, you had a former, you know, co-partner in that metal station who was kind of didn't want us in the format that we were we were in. And well, our, our still our current format, but you fought very hard for us. And, uh, you know, initially we didn't become part of it, and then we did, but that was thanks to your tenacity and your belief in the show. And that means everything to us. Because unlike other people who didn't even listen to our show, you were a fan, you believed in what we did, and you fought to have us on there, and we are so proud to not only be on there once, but twice a week. And, and that's amazing. And, and Scott, we can't, and I know I speak for Ralph here, we can't thank you enough. And, and Ian, well. you, you forgot to bring up, uh, Scott, we have a surprise for you. We're so grateful for what you've done for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Ian and I agree that both our moms are going to do you. Yes. Sweet. You're yeah. My birthday's coming. You're gonna no no. It's gonna be way before that. And your birthday. They're available all the time. They're whores. Yeah yeah. So, you might want to you might want to put down that ganja and smoke some penicillin. Yeah exactly. You're oh, gonna you're gonna. Don't worry. I got I got I got needles, man. I'm good. Notice and and also. Oh, my mom loves needles, bro. <laughs> yeah yeah. She does. Yeah. Spend, and, she, and needle dicks. <laughs> hey yeah, man, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the game, dude. And so, I just learned how to do a corset knot yesterday. Oh yeah. So we're going to get that happening. So just make sure your wife never hears this episode. <laughs> and, and here's a special announcement. This is, this is something Scott's been after me to do for a long time. And at some point, I can't say when it's going to premiere. But I am also going to do a show this year now that I have more of a stable internet connection. Ooh. What? Yes, I will do a show on that metal station coming soon yeah that's great Dude. news man yeah and if and if you like ralph's show you'll probably hate mine but yeah <laughs> i i encourage everybody to check it out and it will be different because what's the sense of having two shows that are the same it'll be different yeah, and, and me and ian are very different we are very right different. but uh no uh you know a lot of things have changed i've got better hookups now and stuff and uh I can't say when it's going to premiere, but I will work with Scott on this, and I will do a show coming soon in 2016 on that metal station. All right. That's great, man. Let's air this show soon, so that way, you know, it won't be up already. Oh, that's, right. that's breaking news. There that's fucking awesome, dude. I didn't even know about that. No, neither did I. Yeah. Neither yeah. did Ian. Yes. No, that's... I, I just... You know, Scott, you, you've been asking me for a long time. Even before Ralph had his show, you've been asking me. And yeah. uh, just the, the situations weren't right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to do it. And I think, you know, you know, I believe in that metal station. I believe in what you do. I believe in you and you believe in us. So it makes sense. And, uh, you know, we'll work it out. 
When Ian oh, sobers oh, oh. up, he's going to be like, I agree to what? Oh, 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 oh no, no, no. I've, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but now that I have a better connection and I can do stuff that I couldn't do before, uh, it's feasible and I want to do it. Call it Wadzilla. Well, that is... That, that, that is just great, man. And that, you know what? I, I, you're more than welcome to have a spot on uh, on this oh, station. Right. Scott, you have um, no choice. I'm your golden child. You don't give him a show. I'm out of here. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put him on at Saturdays at six a.m. Oh man! Exactly. Now, now I got competition. Exactly. I'll be I'll, I'll be big in Japan. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, man. That that's awesome, man. I appreciate you coming and doing a show, man. Doing a live show like that. You know, that, that's really awesome. It's going to be a great, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, adding a show is going to be great for the station. And, you know, you guys doing the podcast plus doing a live show, man, I can't, you know, tell you how much I, I appreciate you guys, man. All right. We appreciate right, you, awesome. and, and it's going to be a lot of fun how I how I drown Ian in ratings. But still, yeah. it's going to be cool for him to have a show. Oh, I know. I know. Because you got to make sure you got to put me in a bad time zone. Because if I beat Ralph, he'll quit. No, no, I can't. <laughs> Scott, I won't be able to handle that shit, bro. Get on I'll, a I'll real bad what, I, time slot. You guys, you guys have already, you guys have already just gave me an idea, dude. We might do a contest uh, uh, based around your guys' show. Oh, there you go. There right. you depending go. on, depending on whose ratings whose, you know, whose ratings are up the highest, depends on the prize that you get. Oh yeah! Oh great! My show will last for one week, so well, make sure since, you listen. Since we're giving, <laughs> since we're giving you a mom, how about your wife? <laughs> All right. I mean, so, <laughs> she might out for someone else. Wait a minute! He, uh, I thought you said a prize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you said prize. Yeah, your your wife doesn't listen, does she? <laughs> uh, no, thank God. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right, well, if you enjoyed this fun-filled episode, and I know you did, come back next week with our special guest. We tried to get Scott two weeks in a row, and he turned us down. Yeah. So so next week, acting legend Samuel L. Jackson will join us in the studio. Wow. When we, di- when we discuss his favorite Rat album, Dancing Undercover. Really? Oh, he likes that. Yeah. Huh? That's, he loves dance, 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 and button talk. That's awesome. So, motherfucker, turn in next week to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.